Guys, welcome to Minefields. Perfect sync clap. Oh, hell yeah. We all got recorders. <laughs> we're all running hot. Like, if you guys didn't know we were in different places, you wouldn't know because these uh, these recordings are going to be so crisp, so clean, like a, like a new pair of Gap jeans or Bugle Boy. Bugle Boy jeans. Bugle Boy. Or some BK Knights right. shoes. Dude, some Jinkos. Some, some Jinkos. Dude, I'm not cool enough for Jinkos, man. Jinkos is for younger people than me. Yeah, that was me. <laughs> Raven and shit. You know I these... remember being in middle school and going to Anaheim when I was a kid because uh, of my dad's professional meetings. And I had a friend who was like, don't be going to, don't be going to Southern California in those BKs, man. Those are, That's blood killers. Yeah. Oh, yeah, because they're blue. I'm a, I'm a white kid wearing white sneakers, and I'm I'm like 13. Like, there's no way that I'm in, gonna get in any kind of crap. And no. <laughs> there's no way you're a threat. Yes. Well, Did guys, welcome to Minefields. My name's Joshua Michael. I got my best friend in the hole, Mr. Colin, there in Tulsa. What's up? We got our resident tough guy, Mr. Tony Morales. You guys say what's up? Buenos noches. Buenos noches. Now, speaking of political shit, especially with the Crips shit, I was thinking about it this morning. Are are Crips allowed to watch uh, CNN? And are Bloods allowed to watch Fox News because the logos are the wrong colors? Fascinating. Fascinating. <laughs> Fascinating. I couldn't say. Yeah. Like it, like Opening it, doors. Like, like, if you were a Crip... And you were watching, uh, you got caught watching, you know, CNN. Like, are you going to get shot? Your own guys have to no, shoot No, Crips, Crips, Crips are blue. Yeah, so I was saying, so in, in Fox News is the red logo. No, CNN's the red logo. CNN's so, the red logo. So if they get caught watching CNN. They're both red. That's the problem, you guys. They're both red. No, no, Fox News is blue, goddammit. What got up your ass I today? Would, no. <laughs> it's that new girlfriend, dude. What? That doesn't have anything to do with anything. Oh, huh. Maybe she watches Fox News. Who knows? No, Colin's got this cross. I mean, Colin would know. Face. Obviously, my I would mom know. Knows Fox News. Uh, no, my mom. My mom knows CNN USA Today. My dad knows Fox News. <laughs> okay. Wow. So real, real quick, funny story on that. I was in the pharmacy like a while ago, and this like, go. All right, I was in the pharmacy. <laughs> my kid showed up. Sorry, no worries. I was in the pharmacy. Don't apologize. This, this older, this older come lady. on the show. Yep. Oh no, no, no. He's got stage fright, like you wouldn't believe. Oh, how old is he? Oh, he's five. Oh, what a sweetie. Go. What? AJ Styles had no. stage fright. He, the second the camera's rolling, he figures it out. He's gonna be on. He'd be all shy and yeah. <laughs> so no less. Okay, so there's, there's, I was working with this old lady pharmacy. at the pharmacy, mm-hmm. and like for some reason she's just going off about stuff. Like well, it's something that happened to set her off, and she's like, you know, talking about the news. And I'm like, okay, you know, whatever, kind of letting her talk. And then she's like, I only watch the real news. And I was like, I knew where she was going with this, but like I still had to indulge. And I was like, what's the real news? Uh-huh. And she's like, Fox News. Uh-huh. And I was like, well, alrighty then. You have a good day. The question, though, the question is, what were you going to the pharmacy for? <laughs> oh, wow. I, I can't get into that HIPAA violation. Yes. Oh, dang. You don't know about... I will say... But, uh... 
One time. But, you know, it, it's, it, it's, it's, it's pretty interesting to, you know, it's kind of the stuff you would insinuate. Yeah. It's probably what insinuate. I could go with. I will insinuate a few things. I'm sure that you would, kind sir. I'm sure I, that you would. I, I like I like to think of CNN and Fox News as news entertainment. <laughs> the way we think of uh, uh, sports entertainment with the wrestling. Uh, it's, it's, info yeah, it's, it's infotainment. It's infotainment. Infotainment. Mm-hmm. Infotainment. I like that. But, oh, yeah. I got a big poop. I'm sure you do, buddy. <laughs> That's awesome. I, I would like our viewing audience to know. My five-year-old had a big poop. Dude, I have a listenership. Can we get a measurement on it, though? Yes. How many Keurigs is it? Keurigs. How many Keurigs is it? <laughs> like, no, it's a, a unit of measurement? No, you never saw South Park where like they were measuring shit in the uh, height of Katie Keurig? <laughs> Katie Keurig? I thought you were talking about Keurig pods. No. I was, no. Thinking, like, I was, thinking, I was thinking like a coffee pot or something. No. She gave, oh, my gosh. She gave the commencement speech uh, when I graduated from OU. You know the more superior school in Oklahoma? I never heard of it. Yeah, I know because you were too busy in Stillwater fucking around with your fucking farmers of future America shit. <laughs> Never mind. I'm I'm sure it's it's all right. It's 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 just uh, Tony. You're not from Oklahoma. It's OU. No, for... I, I wrestled there one time. Never went back. Oh, yeah, it's a good idea. Um, well, yeah, it's hard to defeat steers and bulls in a wrestling ring. I forgot what the fuck I was gonna say. God damn it. We're, we're <laughs> measuring, we were measuring you. pieces of anyway. child shit. Um, dude, uh, Tony, by the way, the more you get to know me, you're going to get random I'm pooping text messages. <laughs> I've already gotten a couple. Yes. I'm aware. <laughs> I, can't, I can't tell you how many times we've been on the phone and then he's just like, hey, let me call you back. I had to take a giant shit. Yeah, but that was when we first knew each other. But now it's just like... Just hear the echo. Now, now you've you've moved on to mid poop now. Yeah, mid poop. Yeah, it's when you when I hear you uh, farting and I hear it re- echoing around inside the bowl. That makes me happy, man. <laughs> that means I love you. Echo. <laughs> All right. Speaking of shit, so America had another shit day today. Uh, yeah, I went. To, okay, so I've been. Uh, Okay, so we got to get my mom, who suddenly has Alzheimer's and diabetes. She's moved in with my brother into this new phenomenal property that they bought. And Mini mansions. Now, now he's like, I got to get a renter into mom's house like ASAP. The property taxes are killing me. So we're in a huge balls-to-the-wall race to get everything out of there. And I've got two weeks before I start another project that's going to carry me into March. Wait a minute. And hold these on a people will be living there by February. Oh, hold on a second here. This is a college town. Give them a hundred dollar deduction for first month's rent to clean the fucking place up for you, dude. I'm not gonna leave all of my comics and Legos and no, no, no. Stuff I'm not saying for place. them. No, just move all your shit out and have them clean the place up. The people that want to move in there are young professionals. They're not college aged, and they have an unbelievably phenomenally wealthy parent that I am fully aware of and that a lot of people are fully aware of and that's all I'm saying about it. They're not college kids. You can't just bribe these people. They want a house that they could conceivably live in because there are three schools in succession down the street 
across the street, there's a there's an elementary school, a middle school, okay, 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 okay. and and a daycare. Like right. that's years worth of multi thousand dollar rent. Okay. Like massive. We're like this. Is we we want to make these people happy, is what you're saying. Yes, yes. we need. We this needs to work. This needs to work. And after the ice storm just eliminated all the trees in that yard, we got to get this place fixed up. I got to get this place fixed up in a week before I start working on a job for three months, and then I'll leave it to my brother. It's not fair. I don't want to do that to him. He's already putting up with enough. So the point is, I go over there, start like today and yesterday, and start boxing stuff up, and I'm like, okay, get all my comics into short boxes instead of long boxes so I can get them out of the building. No big deal. And then my brother's like, yeah, all of my uh, buddies are texting me right now about this stuff, and I'm like, what are you talking about? And boom, that was it. I had it streaming on my phone, playing on my J- JBL, JBL speaker all day. This is all I did. It was all I listened to while I was boxing stuff up in a fury, and it was like the most – for a minute it was disappointing. Then I was enraged. Like, I've experienced the full spectrum of human emotion today over this. We're talking about the invasion by Trump supporters pushed by the president to of, of the Capitol building. And this is, you know, I know that this minefields issue isn't going to come out for, a, you know, a minute or two, a day or so. But <clears throat> how did you guys find out about this? What did you experience? How did it go for you? I checked the news. And uh-huh. I was I was like, okay, I reached the same conclusion and I thought it was a pathetic attempt at a coup for power. Just but yeah. not, but not even a pathetic attempt at a coup for power is more of a like I'm gonna so uh it was more of a you need to leave this house. You were told weeks mm-hmm. ago to leave, and now you're taking a giant shit on the lawn and um okay. Um and then, you know, Democrats winning the Senate and Georgia runoff, and I was like, I, it didn't really phase me. It was just more of a like, okay, this is just a child, another childish attempt, and you know, I have my pros and cons of Trump's presidency, most of them cons, but at the same time, it was okay, like you're a petulant child, and now it's over, and now I don't know what we're we're gonna expect um, because the two party system. I feel the two party system is completely flawed, and. I think most most Americans are getting on the board where they are seeing pros and cons on each side. Mm-hmm. And That's the sound. Of the, I don't know if you guys heard that, but that was the sound of me nodding in agreement. I mean, like, all of us have our own opposing views, but at the same time, you and I, all three of us have had, we've, we've discussed random things, and I'm not Christian. I know that both of y'all are, but I respect your views. I respect your God. I'm not going to ever, ever disrespect you. Um... I do believe in certain aspects of your religion, but I, it, it it does not behoove me to in any way disrespect you, especially for something near and dear and cherished to you. And I feel the same way about politics because everyone has their own specific uh, economic stance, uh, where they come from, where they are now, what they hold dear, what they hope to aspire to. And I... I hope everyone gets what they want. That's one of the best parts I think about America is that we there is the potential that we all can get what we want. But now we've got these things going on like where I work now. They're teaching us about microaggressions and like uh, they're just making up problems. And 
it's that's the thing that concerns me right there i like the way you said that are we making up problems are we making them up we're we're leaving things out of the equation especially the the one thing that i feel the is being left out of the equation is that we're human beings we hate we love we have opposing diatribes We're, we're we're tribal um but that doesn't mean that we can't respect each other and like the, the like of all the things that really pissed me off uh, even after today after what I saw in the news was yesterday the uh, where they were doing a prayer in the center of the in Congress I can't fucking remember but they said amen and then some fucking sellout fucking pussy ass wannabe impressed the feminist piece of shit says a woman and I'm like what the fuck <laughs> and 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 then like I saw. <laughs> I saw the breakdowns of everything, like, amen means in agreement. I mean, there was all these different, like, you know when you take the SATs, yeah, you learn the yeah. prefixes and suffixes. And uh-huh. this What's means... What's the etymology of that But idiot? the fact that men is in it means that, what, because I've got a penis, I'm a... That's bad? So you gotta add the sexist thing here? Like, I, I agree in equality, but, of course, but... Don't make it stupid. Yeah, don't make it fucking stupid. I'm like, at a certain point, are we going to completely reinvent the entire English language to make it acceptable for the most generically obvious spectrum of who we are? Like, I got involved enough this summer to go and paint a Black Lives mural a Black Lives Matter mural and it on mattered, the street. And it mattered what you did. And it, it was it was a statement. It was guerrilla. It was guerrilla art. And it, it mattered, especially in Tulsa. And then some jack wagon drove by and just drizzled a blue line across the entire thing. I didn't get mad. I was just like, oh, man, that's disrespectful. But, like, it's disrespectful what we did, too. I get it. And then... I go there and I wanted my son to see it. I was like, dude, I want you to see what this is. I want you to see these people appreciating it and appreciate it. There were people there who appreciated it for what it was. There were people who were appreciating it who had nothing to do with it. There were people who were there who who were who were like angered that this thing ever happened, let alone a blue line going across it. And I ran into one of the guys that I worked with on it and uh and he was like, man, I'm so tired. I'm so tired. Every every day this summer, it's been so much. And I was like, dude, I, I get where you're coming from. I know how you feel. I've still got like PTSD from all the events we went to and all the situations I was in. And he was like, man, I just want to – let's just paint it. Let's paint the whole thing. Let's, let's, let's fix this. We're going to paint over the blue, but like maybe we leave the blue paint. Maybe we – Maybe we paint a pink stripe for can for for breast cancer. Maybe we paint like maybe the whole thing is just this ridiculous cover. Can we cover the entire spectrum of humanity with this statement and with every color? And I was like, maybe we just get rid of the whole thing and repaint your life matters. And he looked at me and he had this he was just dumbfounded, like that might be it. Or terrified That's it right there. <laughs> Like, he was fascinated. He was like, oh, my God, like, maybe that's the message we need to be portraying. And at the same time, every time I thought, and I'm saying this, I'm saying this, and I feel like I'm revealing a horrible secret. I have a big problem with the idea that our lives matter. I'm going to be tore up if I die. I'm going to be tore up if my mom dies. I'm torn up if my dad dies. I'm going to be tore up if you guys die. I'm going to be tore up if a lot of people dies. 
I have had somebody die in my arms in the last three months. Not of COVID. Like, the COVID deaths. All of this stuff. But, like, in the end, I'm like, does everybody's life matter? It only matters if you find a way to make it matter. Does it matter that this child died? It will matter to the people who remember. The matter to the people who are hurting over the loss of this child. But, like, did they do anything? Yeah, they came in and they were gone. Like, there's, it's just, it's this concept. But, like, in that moment, the idea that your life matters might be more important than blue lives matter or black lives matter or any lives matter for that matter. But, like, ultimately, it was this concept. He, it, like, blew his mind. And I just threw it out there. And I'm going, if I go to another protest, that's what my sign will say. Because I want people to think my life matters. I need to be careful about the choices and the decisions I make before I go break into the state, to the capital of the United States or into the sheriff's office or into this police station or anywhere else. And I think the thing that hurts so much about today to me is the idea that Americans would do this to us and simultaneously that a bunch of dipshit Americans just proved to the entire world that any idiotic crew of well-armed 1,000 people who don't care about their lives and would rather throw their lives away to prove a point could invade our center of power and assassinate the fuck out of us based on their concept and the capitals the capital guard couldn't stop them and the senators would run away and cower in fear and man, the house would run away and cower in fear you're talking on a whole other tier man like that's that's like i learned this stuff like in in high school like all i remembered when i was a kid was i was brown and everyone else was white sure and tony i mean you're puerto rican man like anything what do you got man tony tell me tell me yeah tell us how you feel about this well, um, dude, I was at work when it happened. It was uh-huh. like all of a sudden everyone just kind of gathered together, and then one of the one of the girls in the pharmacy pulled out her phone, and we just kind of sat there and watched it. And it's it's insane, you know. I mean, and unfortunately, one of my first thoughts was kind of like, I was kind of surprised it took this long. Yeah. Authentically, I, I agree really, with you. This is we've been sitting on a powder keg for a while now. Yeah. For for you know for the last you know. For the last four years, it's been us against them. Yeah, like, I think it whatever, goes back even farther than that. Oh, it definitely does. But like, like Trump's presidency has been so, you know, so so polarizing. Splitting everybody. Polarizing. Polarizing. Thank you. I couldn't think of the word. It's been so polarizing. You either you you either you either worship the ground the man walks on, or you despise him and you think he's the devil. Yeah. Like. It, and that's it's one of those things where like like for me like personally it's it's one of those things where like it just it's I don't understand like the separation of everything like religious separation is in like just can be so different and so so much it's like a lot of people you know you know there are a lot of people that believe in a god whether you call him god or whether you call him allah or whatever and but there's there's a lot of similarities and it always seems to be like these little things that separate it same thing with politics you know we're in a two-party system you're either you're democratic or you're independent or you're republicans i guess you know three with the minor but like there's always that separation of people 
you know, white, black, brown, yellow, whatever, you know, we're still human. Like we're still people. Right. It's like you're saying with the, your lives matter, like no offense, but kind of get over yourselves. You know, why are we as people creating these barriers? Like I, why I, at this point we're, we're 60 years out of, you know, Martin Luther King Jr. And Jim all Crow. that, you know, and Jim Crow, you know, why are we not better? Like, why, why do we force these separations? You know, we've got the rich, we've got the poor, you know, we've got, you know, the blue lives matter thing. I don't, I, I personally, I don't understand it. It's a job. Does pharmacist lives matter? Does, does right stuntman, the stuntman lives yeah. matter? You know, yeah. it's, it's, it should be human lives. Human lives matter. That's the like problem is that a lot of people right. don't want to believe that all lives matter because, when when you when you get out there and you say black lives matter you're dude this is me i'm a white guy saying mm -hmm. this you're getting out there and you're saying black lives matter you're saying also in addition to your lives guys these lives matter but yeah. the problem i have is that i don't believe that any lives matter unless you do something with your life I, yeah, I, that, that's, what, I, that's that's the that's the unfortunate failing on it. I'm it's lost on me. Well, what, I went out there and I and I painted it. Yeah, the the thing that like always tears me apart is that the the soft in me is like, yeah, everyone can do better. Everyone deserves a second chance. But then I remember living in Oklahoma, and I'm not that like Oklahoma is the worst place ever, but or uh, like I remember thinking like the first thing that popped in my head was Breaking Bad, the episode where uh, Jesse uh, broke into that that those meth heads house that had stolen an ATM, and he was ready to I can't remember why he was there, but they stole an ATM and he was ready to kill him, and this kid comes out of the bedroom, and all of a sudden it went from killing some meth heads to all of a sudden like he went and got food for the kid. And, mm -hmm. and I don't, man, I want to believe all lives matter, but then there's these fucking meth heads that are fucking fucking their sisters and raping people and doing, yeah. how cook, do their cooking, lives matter? Cooking, cooking drugs out of gasoline and, and how do those guys lives matter? And then there's that, that's one of the things that was powerful about that sort of show is that, yeah, then that kid shows up as that fucking wild card, the monkey wrench. And it, while everything's culminating, the the wife and the the husband are fighting how to get that damn that damn ATM open, and he's under it. It's kind of tilted up, and he says he says shut the fuck up, bitch, or something stupid. And she gets pissed, and she just kicks it a little bit and just crushes his head. And uh... <laughs> what had just happened? Right on cue. I'll be right back. <laughs> <laughs> carry on, Tony. Carry on. Well, anyway, my, my point Dude, is... Dude, I know what you're saying. My, my point is, is that, like, just be a contributing member of society. Um, every race has a shitty part of it that the other person hates. That's part of that race. Or uh, I, I, I truly believe the world is getting too small for us. I think you're right. I think the amount of information that we have is making us all think that we're so connected to everything that's going on. Or don't want to be connected to it. I think the fact that people don't know how to handle all this information or, or be willing willing to accept anything that's going on is is uh, 
most people, I don't think their brains are informed enough to wrap their, their minds around it. It's, it's just, it's globalism. I think that's the tragic aspect that I recall most about the protests this summer that I was involved with in my particular uh, metro area was that more often than not, the people that needed to be curtailed were people who were narrative that were taking an opportunity yeah. to like, I can smash a fucking window well, here. And... Maybe there were, I saw, you know what? I saw a lot of peaceful protesters. I saw a lot of peaceful press protesters get beat down because they were trying to make a point and they were being strong. And, and then we started, we were like, we got to get these people like you guys, we know what you're doing, but can you please just get up and do it right there? They're telling us you can't protest right here. Which means you can protest right there. Can you guys please get up and go protest right there? Hell yeah, we can. And that's it. That They would get up and they would go. And I was like, that's civility. Go protest right there. Tell them you don't like what they're doing from right there because they drew a line and said, on that side of the line, you can do what you want to. But right here, you are causing a problem and we will come and get you. It turned into that, and that's and I'm I'm like, we're talking about, we're, and this is the crazy thing. We're talking about the difference between people who are people went to the national capital today to stop the democratic process, as opposed to people who argued in their community. And a lot of times people left their community to go start a problem in someone else's community. That was a crazy thing. We had people come up from Texas to start problems in Tulsa. And I was like, go protest and burn down your own city. What are yeah. you doing where I am? Why are you doing this here? You don't a know mile what, from yeah. my house. They don't know what you guys do It doesn't do take with. anything for this to shift north. We get it a... doesn't take anything, you know. The, the the one thing is um the my conclusion is I think that people aren't comfortable with the global society that our earth earth is getting too small. And you know I think about that when you walk, when you go back and watch uh, Twelve Monkeys. Oh yeah. And Madeline Stowe is like, five billion people are gonna die, dude. We're well past that. That was 1996, wasn't it? I don't remember the exact date that movie came out. Was it 1996? Like, was, what, what are we, 9 billion people now? It was the second... No, I think we're at 3 billion people now, and... Um, oh, no, 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 we're not at 3 billion. Oh, no, there's no yeah. way there's 9 billion people on this planet. There was, the last, there was at least 7 I'm plus. Right at least 7.8 billion. It's a big deal to know this. I'm looking it up right now. Yeah. Yeah, 700... 7 million... 7 billion, 8 million people. I was right on. Nice. Yeah, seven seven billion six fifty five is what I've got right now. That's in the uh, first, second, and third worlds that are accounted for. Accounted for. That's a good point. That's what I'm saying. Is like, you know, you go up that much in twenty years plus. Oh, it's, man. You know, yeah, there's I've, a lot of issues. I really there's a don't... lot of things going on. All, all I can do is make good art and hope that the other tribes' good art I, I can enjoy. And if I don't enjoy it, I'm just not going to deal with them. 
And, you know, we, we defend our borders the best we can. Luckily, it hasn't gotten that to that point. And I just want to just share good art. That's that's it. That's period. Just make good art. Enjoy other people's I good think... art. Converse. Share each other's cultures. You don't want to share a culture? Fine. Just, you know, don't be an asshole. And luckily, we haven't gotten to the point where we're having to really, truly defend our borders. Yeah. I don't know. We did 20 years ago, man. I mean... 20 years people... ago? Yeah, 2001. Yeah. All right, we're not getting... We no, we're, we're, not, we're not getting into that. Speak we're, we're not getting into that. <laughs> we'll get into it another time. Another time. Another time. We'll get into that another time. Minefielders, let us know what you think about this stuff. Throw us a load of emails, load of Facebook comments. Dislike us, like us, it doesn't matter. Tell us what you, tell us what you think. Oh, we're interested in what you've got to say about this. We'll get into that. We'll get into 2001 another time. I think today was the most damning thing that's happened in American history since 2001. Really? Yes. The sanctity of the places that got stormed. They were clown shoes, man. They didn't show up in tanks. They showed up in their fucking red hats and fucking Berettas, man. Like, that... that... They're lucky that they didn't, saying, they, they're lucky they didn't it, get okay. gassed. You, exactly. Do you think these guys would have got gassed if they had been black? Do you think these guys I didn't think, get yeah. gassed I think, because they were carrying M16s? I think a M4s? year ago, I think a year ago it would have been gas in a fucking massacre. A year ago, yeah. I don't I don't I don't think the date has anything to do with it really. If it was if it was some if it was another race I, I wholeheartedly believe they would have handled it differently. I'm telling I you agree. right now, I it's it's tough, guy it's who is if they were all, white, if they were all black, yeah, they would have been got away with this because they were they were. I didn't see any black people in. I didn't see any people of color. I didn't even see women. Apparently, a woman got shot and killed. And killed, over the yeah. Circumstances today, like I didn't see them in any of the footage. Now, I've only seen less than 24 hours of footage. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure that we'll see way more CCTV and more jackasses sitting in Senate chamber seats and being miscreant idiots. And I'm sure we'll see more diversity out there. But I'm not going to, I mean, I saw people who were like, oh, blah, blah, blah. You know, these are white people getting away with stuff. And I'm like, you think there, there, weren't, black, there weren't people of color in that crowd? Of course there were. You think that everybody wasn't represented there somehow? If you're talking about the thousands of thousands of jack wagons that went in there and did that today, I don't think it, I don't think democracy got attacked today at all. I think what actually happened was a bunch of dumbasses went out there and made a bunch of fucking asshats out of themselves. Well, that's definitely true. But yeah, what, but they, they I, definitely I, had an intention of making making a point. No, they made a point. Like they, but, it, 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 may, it might have been, I mean, they might not have been a well-received point, but they were definitely there trying to, you know, they weren't trying to be jack wagons. Do you think they, they were had, trying to be, they weren't trying to be assholes. They were trying, they were trying to get a point across. Agreed. I just think they, they were poorly handled. I, no, I agree. Well, everybody's the hero of their own story. Yeah. I'm just glad the fact that we're still living in a country where we can still do that without getting executed on the spot, and your family getting sent to the fucking gulag. We're not that, to that. We're not to that, that yet. God bless America is true. That's that. I I don't think 
at any point during the day was did I think that that would be the result of any part of it. I'm glad you said that. We're not we're not to that point, but even then, that's still not a good point. It's still that that sucks. Um, but that that's that, that's saying sucks. That's saying my, it sucks that we don't just throw people away. No, I'm saying the fact that we're just not to that point yet. <laughs> that's true. I don't think. I mean, you know. I don't think that any of us would stand for that. If if the result were, man, I mean, you, you can't break the American spirit. I just keep spirit. coming up with you, a new thought you, you, before I can even get anything uh, out, and it's damning. Uh, everything that's been happening has been very divisive. The last time we've had anything that really unified us was other than pop culture bullshit like Tiger King when all that shit happened with COVID that we all watched that show was nine eleven, and we were completely no, dude, COVID. Did anybody? Okay, hold on now. COVID started. Me in my little. I felt like we're all in this together. No, we're not in this together. I saw I saw this great one. Yeah, we're not in it together. We're we're all in the same storm together. We're just uh, one. Some of us are in yachts. Some of us are in rowboats. Some of us are drowning. And no, it's the same storm, different situation. We're not united. Uh, when nine like eleven happened, it was fucking us against them. We were we we had a united sense of uh, pride and and all of us hurt that day. Like luckily, I didn't have anyone that died in nine eleven, but um, that I was close to. But I still felt uh, I felt something deep because they they hurt us as Americans. And that's my my final thought on this because I'm done with it is that you can fuck with us as much as you want. You can make us wanna. Uh, change our language and do whatever the fuck you want. But I do not believe in that you cannot break the American spirit, period. Regardless of what's happening right now, the American spirit is unwavering, and I love it. I love this place. Regardless of what's happening here, our spirit and what we truly believe in deep down uh, will last. I agree with that, and I'm I'm hearing that from a guy that has every reason to be pissed off. And, like, I agree with that. If you took this country away, for, if you invaded us, it's too big of a country to, it's too big of a country to take over and it's too big of a country to defend. But ultimately, the people who live there, the people that live in the part of the country that got taken over, they're going to fight back and they're going to get help from the outside of that occupation. So oh, yeah. That's, that's Red Dawn. Yeah, like, it, that's, it, seriously it that's, a, that's the first legitimate... thing that popped in my head was Red Dawn. Everybody thinks that this that, that that movie is implausible. I think it's completely plausible because when you look at look at the concept, oh yeah, they came through the north, they came through the south, they linked up in the center, and then like the country's divided on the east and the west. They crush in, they eventually win the war. That's that's just fucking it. Americans are uniform or are are, are unionist outside of the Civil War. You want to, yes, there are, the thing that I keep trying to make certain very leftist people understand is that there is an entire other part of the country besides them. It drives me crazy that there is such a mentality that, oh, well, they're a bunch of idiots and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, yeah, but they're, they're still here. And given, given the appropriate circumstances, they will fight for you. They will fight alongside you. If we got invaded by China. 
if we got invaded by the Soviet Union, which does not exist, I'm well aware, if we got invaded by whatever aliens, we would be like, yeah, fuck everybody, fuck these aliens, and then we will save the world. That's World War II, it's World War One. it's a lot of that. There's a lot of patriotism in this ridiculous scenario that I'm playing out. But like, yes, I think that's the case. I think that the... Uh, we are the best opportunity for this world. And a lot of the people that I know who go to uh, go to other countries constantly, investigative journalists, filmmakers, people who get out of here constantly are saying the rest of the world is always looking to the U.S. to say, if you guys can hold it together, just hold it together. You are a beacon for the rest of us. Dude, I love you, but I'm full. Okay, <laughs> let's carry on. Tony, you got anything else? I don't want to blow you off before we go into something. Oh, no, I think you guys definitely said it. I think we're, we're pretty solid. All right, that was the Puerto Rican conversation right there. <laughs> <laughs> Much love. All right, what do we got? What do we got? What, what material have we got today? All right, so we are doing, let me pull up our list here. Comic lists, because we do talk about comics here. Uh, <laughs> Dark Knights, Death Metal, number seven. Feature State, Flash, number one. Feature State, Swamp Thing, number one. Namor, number two. Star Trek, number five, number 17. Star Wars, Heir to the Empire, number one. Guardians of the Galaxy, number 1990. Doctor Doom, number 10. Bad Mother, number four. X-Men, number 16. And Spider-Man, number 55. Mm. Mm. Everybody's going to talk about something before we take a break. So, Tony... Are you going to lead us off tonight? All right, gladly. So I'm going to start off here with uh, Dark Knight's Death Metal 7, which is the conclusion and also ends up being the precursor to the Future State series. Okay. So to dive right on in. Please right. tell, us, tell us about this and then tell me what this Future State business is. Well, Future State is basically um, after the events of Death Metal, five years later what has happened to the DC universe. So basically the, um, the Batman who laughs is now become a, basically a God and he oh. is, he is battling Perpetua who is basically a member of this group known as the hand who has is basically the hand that created the multiverse. Wait, so you're saying that the DC universe Okay, I get I get the entire concept of multiversity because of the whole crisis aspect. Mm -hmm. But is everybody aware of this now? If you've got characters on that level of godhood, yeah, everybody everybody's well aware of the situation. What's going on oh, right now? Wow. Like, like Perpetual when um when the No Justice series hit about uh, three four years ago, I think two, maybe two mm -hmm. to four years ago, um, they ended up. At the end of the original um, Death Mat or Dark Knight, Dark Knight's um, Metal, they actually ended up breaking the Source Wall, which is what held back Perpetua. So, and Perpetua, like I said, is basically the person that her and her her kind are created the entirety of the They created the multiverse. They created the Dark Multiverse. They they made everything. Mm -hmm. And now they are basically um, Bat the Batman who laughs has attained godhood because he was killed by Wonder Woman in Dark Knights and Death Metal One, but they took his brain 
and put it inside the head of Dr. Manhattan. Oh, no. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. All right. Now, now, Perpetua was the, uh, she was the main villain in the, uh, the Lex Luthor series a couple of years ago. Um, mm-hmm. She's the one that granted him the powers to become Apex Flag. Do, do more. And she was, she was foiled. And now they've mm-hmm. taken that to another level. Yes. So on top of that, um, so we come, we come here. Um, Wonder Woman has actually ended up becoming a god herself. She's now basically become the truth. And she, like I said, she's fighting the Batman who laughs. While at the same time, all the other, the superheroes and supervillains that are left have, uh, are fighting all of the Batman who laughs minions. You know, you've got like the Robin King, the Groblins, uh, and all the evil Batman that came from the, um, the Dark Multiverse. And the Dark Multiverse is, for those who don't know, is basically every nightmare that you've ever had come to life. I love it. I love the fact that they have that sort of Ooh. thing going on in DC. Did how, yeah. did they bring in the um, the Black Lanterns on this? To an extent, we'll we'll get to that part because there, there are definitely Black Lanterns involved, and it's actually part of the uh, part of the end game. Awesome. So basically, like I said, because um, Batman's actually a Black Lantern now. He's he's dead. He's basically we, we, the the actual Bruce Wayne Batman from no. the basic from the open you know the basic Earth is now he's he's a zombie and he's got the black the um, black lantern ring so that's what's that's what's keeping him going is he uh, is he mindless no he is he's completely in control okay because when during Blackest Night when Bruce Wayne got brought back. He was mindless from the black from mm-hmm. the Black Lanterns. Well, he's yeah, but he's actually the one. He was actually the one in, in control of everybody else. Like at one point, he's bringing back characters like Jonah Hex and Sergeant Rock. Nice. So, because Sergeant Rock's actually the guy, one of the main guys that narrates the first couple of issues. So we've got we've got Wonder Woman, who's basically they're they're calling her the Truth now because she's basically the um the essence of truth now because of her lasso and she she got granted godlike powers so she's out there in the in the out in the freaking universe fighting the batman who laughs while everybody else is like i said fighting all the um their minion their minions basically and like they're hitting each other so hard that they're actually going back in time hell yeah <laughs> <laughs> That's so it's, awesome. it's pretty interesting. Yeah. So, like, Batman Who Laughs hits her so hard, she, they go back to the beginning of time to the point where they actually find the original hand that created the universe. So then, you know, they're trying to, you know, the Batman Who Laughs is basically saying there's absolutely no way you can win. You can see the future. You're a god. Look into the future. And even if you beat me, the hand will still destroy the multiverse so there is no viable way you're going to win this and you know wonder woman does look and sure enough he's completely correct and he's he's basically saying if you let me win i'll destroy the hand and i'll give you the world you want see that's one of the things i love about dc is the like very often more often than not there is a during their like big like events 
it's an end all be all. I mean, it is really this is the end. I love that mm-hmm. shit, especially because they never make it cheesy. And like people ask me all the time, the difference in between Marvel and DC being, you know, like, well, it's more of like this is more realistic and DC is more emotional based. Well, yeah, like that's the great thing about it. But they like their writing is like I might not, it might not be my favorite, not be my favorite title. But mm-hmm. like when they pull this shit off, they really fucking pull it off, and the artwork is always oh, yeah, always amazing. They're going balls out on it. Because, of course, Wonder Woman says no. And she ends up kicking the hand into the Batman who laughs before punching him straight through to the other end of reality to the very end of the world. Beautiful. <laughs> now, was this one of those things like where they ended up like at the end of the world where the uh, like the Greek gods were like stringing reality together type thing? Like uh, um, when Darkseid was coming back? Was that? Uh, no, it's ba- it's basically it looks like a red sun actually. It just it's basically like just like a red sun just devouring every everything, and like, and you know they're they're in the and they're in the sun, but before they they get to the final part, you know the, they can see the hand there. And while they're doing that, like by punching by t- you know kicking the hand into Batman who la- Batman who laughs, they actually end up basically giving hope to everybody else and they the all the people out there fighting all the joker minion or the batman who laughs minions you know they they're reinvigorated but then they just take back over and there's just a massacre and literally everybody dies it comes down to the it comes down to batman versus the robin king and the robin king actually ends up taking uh batman's hand that has the the ring he just takes he takes it off with a scythe and as Batman just sits there, you know, bleeding, like he's not he's not bleeding out because he's already dead. And, and you know, he's just like all I, all I want to hear is I want you to say I want to hear you say I'm Batman. Say your line. Say the line. You know, yeah, say the line. He, and, you know, and for the people who don't know, the Robin King is another version of Bruce Wayne from another from one of the negative multi negative multiverses. So it's both. They're both Bruce Wayne's just sitting here. One's just watching the other die, basically, while just surrounded by the corpses of Nightwing and Batgirl and all his friends. You know, Red Hood, uh, his son, Bane. You know, everybody's out there. What's and then Batman's like, hmm? what's going through your head when things get this convoluted, man? Like, are you doing like a? <laughs> I'm, 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 no, I'm, don't laugh at that. I like that, the man. way you put that. No, like, uh, like, because when when I get to like story points like this, I always have to like pause. Like, it sounds like if I was reading this story here, I'd probably read a page, pause, have to think for five minutes, and decide if I want to proceed. Uh, especially yeah. if it gets like really, really convoluted and really like to where like okay, like this guy was from the seventies, and then I I kind of feel stupid because. Uh, you know, Marvel always makes sure that you know who this guy is most of the time. And yeah. DC's pulling some, some shit out of their ass. I mean, like, what's going through your head personally when you're reading each page going through? I'm not wondering whether or not you know every single character. I, I'm, I'm wondering whether or not, like, like as a reader, like, I mean, are you, are you can't put it down? Are you... Like, yeah, I would definitely, like, I can't put it down because I'm, like, I'm interested to see because he's, he's Batman. He, you know he's got a plan. You just don't know what the plan is. 
you know, and sure enough, he's like, you know, I'm going to give you what you want. I'm going to say the line. But first you have to realize, like, were you really stupid enough to think that I would have my one weapon Mm -hmm. right where you could get to it? And like, he hits the freaking, he hits the bat on his chest and it lights up with the black lantern signal, uh, single signal. And he, he himself is the black lantern. Like uh, personified. Yeah, he's the personification of the Black Lan- Black Lantern. <laughs> so he stands up. And then the next page, everybody stands up. All the people that are dead, he has control over them. Yeah, you know, we're talking Nightwing, we're talking Red Hood, Bane, Batgirl, all the dead groblins. And on top of that, he looks to his freaking left and he says, "Isn't that right, old friend?" <laughs> And there's the and there's the corpse of Alfred. Oh, wonderful, Ugh. wonderful. Yep. And and Alfred just looks at him. He's just like, let me say how much I've missed you all. Now though, let's give this little brood a timeout. And then they just they they just devour the Robin King. Okay, so I I, I gotta I gotta interview in here. Um, when it comes to Marvel books, it's like, yeah, I knew who all those characters were. Uh, okay, yeah, because uh, yeah, they were all in the past year uh, in all the movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, like the the payoff in in DC is completely different. Uh, minefielders, um, if you know what he's talking about, like I'm gonna I'm gonna harken back to what you said about like, did you think that uh, Batman you know only had one plan uh, or or just one idea? Like it, it's such a payoff to either know about it. Because you saw you saw or read Doom, or I don't even remember if Doom was actually an actual thing. Uh, it was a comic, but if you saw the 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 cartoon, like Doom was like you yeah, know, Doom was the cartoon. It was um, Tower of Babel was the comic series, right? And and so if you if you remembered that, you're like hell yeah, like I I know exactly what's going on here. But the payoff is like when I read DC, I don't feel like an idiot because I don't know what's going on. I have this loving joy of getting to research it because got the, we've got the app and we and then it's set up in such a, I'm not doing commercial for it it's it's set up in such a way that it'll let you find the app like if you're going down this rabbit hole it knows what you're going for and will connect the dots for you and a bit and, and then you don't feel stupid like oh if only I'd bought that or you know I I didn't you know know that no it feels great to learn it because there's every bit of DC has this emotional aspect that doesn't make you feel like you're the the skinny guy at the gym or the fat guy at the gym, if that makes sense. I'd be a husky guy at the gym. Husky guy. <laughs> it says but so yeah, on so my we, pants. Yeah. So we end up seeing that um, Wonder Woman does end up throwing Batman who laughs into the the realm and just he's he's just obliterated. He's just he's just gone at the end of time. But then she wakes up because an essence is talking to her. And the essence actually ends up taking the form of, you know, Wonder Woman when she first debuted, you know, with the, with the longer skirt, the curly hair, the whole nine. Yeah. And, like, it's basically just like a higher power. And, you know, the, they're talking about how the, you know, the hand's still going to destroy everything. Like, you didn't, you know, like, you won. You beat Batman who laughs. But at the end, you didn't win anything. But then the, uh, the the presence, the higher power, talks about how, you know, the fact that you were willing to do it anyway, 
shows what your people are worth. So we're going to save you. We're going to save, you know, there's going to be a multiverse. But you you still have to, you know, you guys still aren't going to be a part of it. And this was and the they end, they end up the walking end. off together. Yeah, this is the this is the very end of the series. Is Wonder Woman and you know the higher power walking off together? And she's just talking about how you know you know the the it says you know take my hand and let us greet the future and let truth be the metal that cuts our paths away. So the DC universe apparently you know for right now anyway is no more, which is what is in a future state. Okay, so that's the lead-in. Okay, I get it, because now we've got a new black man, cause, uh, a, a Batman that is black. Uh, Freudian mm-hmm. slip all at once. Um, um, okay, I dig it, man, is it, because, like, uh, it's, what, it's their style it was in the past, like, what, 15 years? They restarted every four, three, two years? Yeah. Yeah. That doesn't piss me off. I dig it. I mean, like, if anything, like, the nexus of it was from Batman... Yeah, not a superhero, just a rich. Which kid. is funny because like Wonder, like it was Batman Dark Metal originally, but like Wonder Woman was totally the star of Death Metal. Like she was, she was a person that originally killed <laughs> Batman Who Laughs, and she's kind of been the centerpiece of the entire series, you know, for the last seven issues. Well, I, I'm I'm looking forward to catching up on it, man. Like to read it all in one one big chunk. Because did Capolo do the whole thing? Like all the main issues? Oh yeah, no, it was all it was all Capolo freaking for the like you said the main issues. Um, Snyder. Snyder's been yeah Snyder's been involved as well. So it's, it's a good it's a good solid read. Like I wasn't like there's been you know some of the tie-ins didn't really you know weren't all that great, but there were some that were phenomenal. <clears throat> Man, was were you with me when? Yeah, it was yesterday night when we were arguing against about what DC was with Randy. Yeah, and it, it was it was kind of a lost uh, conversation on that one. It's like if unless you're <laughs> unless you're willing, <laughs> like with Colin, Colin has a, a little bit of a brick wall when it comes to DC, um, which is okay. This is the sound of me like. Making placating gestures. Come DC, on now. DC picked on him in 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 junior high, and he's just not getting. He oh, whatever. If, if, if the Green wedgies. Lantern, if the Green Lantern Corps and the Nova Corps were what I always thought they should be, I'd be reading it. Superman. I've read plenty of Superman. I've read plenty of Batman. I've read plenty of Flash. I think you're getting not enough Black Lightning. You're reading enough Black Lightning. Oh, dude, that I read that Black Lightning book, uh, History of DC. That was fucking great. Dude, phenomenal. Uh, anyway, mm-hmm. what you got left on that one, brother? Because I got, I, I can't wait to read it all in one fell swoop. Because every time I tried to read it, I'd get disjointed on it, and like, it's it's a challenging book. It's it's certainly challenging. It's not just immediately satisfying like fucking Marvel. Yeah, no, you definitely don't. You like there are times when you don't know where it's going. Like there's there's characters that you don't see a lot of, and that's kind of one of the things I really like. Is like you said, you don't see. You know, like there's Sergeant Rock is a big player in this, and uh, Jaro is is huge in it. So it's definitely it's it's worth it's worth taking a look at. You know, maybe it'd be just worth getting you know picking up the trade once it comes out. That way, you can, like you said, you can kind of just kill it off in one fell swoop. But I definitely recommend it. And the fact that it's actually leading into something is something I always love because I hate when you get these freaking oh we got this huge art coming up. 
but then we go right back to the status quo. You know, kind of simply got a waste of time. That always does piss me off. Right back to everything back to normal. Oh, man. It's such a trope. It's such a miserable trope. Unless in X-Men, when I get that one, like, three, five, or ten pages of everything being okay, and I can, like, breathe for a second. And yet, and yet, I still love Star Trek Voyager's Year of Hell. I have no idea what that is. I'm sorry. Yeah, ultimately, you free to tell us about it. Yeah. Ultimately, you may. I will. I'm getting caught up, man. I mean, I've watched all next. You got to start DS9. I think you'll like DS9 way better. I think you're going to be a DS9 guy. No. I was always more of a next gen guy. I'm. I, I'm so involved in next gen. I'm racist against all other Star Trek iterations. <laughs> As he drinks his Romulan ale. As, oh, hey, shut up! <laughs> hey, I told you that was a one-time thing. I was drinking. Uh, I was drinking, I pooped blue. <laughs> and then I did it again the next night. Yeah. Yeah. That was a weird hangover. Like two beers and a shot and I was all fucked up. In that one night stand you have like three every three nights in a row. Yeah. <laughs> those are still in the garage. I gotta go check on those. It's been like fucking all seriously cold here. I'm surprised like they haven't exploded. <laughs> that cold. So Colin, anything you want to enlighten us on this week? Uh, I did not read one DC book. Um, I was not compelled by anything. I guess the problem I have is, is I, it, let me ask you this. When it comes to DC books, are they restarting stuff so often that I could jump into something and be like, okay, hey, I can carry on with this? Or is it is that exclusively a Marvel circumstance? That's I think that's a Marvel circumstance. Like, Yeah, because like the Future State stuff, I think it's going to be like a four-month run, and then they're going back to... The, the normal characters. Yeah, and, and okay. Endless yeah, Winter hasn't now, even ended yet. Hurt, but, yeah. So you can definitely jump on now and it's kind of just kind of pick and choose who you like and get like a good couple of months out of it. But just, at the end of it, you're just going to go right back to who, who's, you know, the norms. Just oh, back to fun. Iron Man, Thor, and Captain America, huh? <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, yeah. The pillars of DC. Mm-hmm. Let me let me jump in then. I'm going to talk about my favorite comic I read this week. I'm going to talk about Star Trek Year 5, yeah. number 17. It's an IDW book, as we have said. Um, and we'll do all the credits at the uh, credits at the end of the book though. Um, or at the end of the at the end of the day. Okay. Um, except I have to say JK Woodward, the artist. Holy shit like this guy did the did so much of the painting for all of the like mirror universe next generation stuff that came out recently it is to die for it is just just a knockout blow his his the ability that they have to uh get get characters who you, you you had a character in a show in the 60s and you get so much of their expressions so to be able to develop that to make it this realistic now all these decades later is insane the it's cover, incredible the cover is 100% f- 
fucking sixties Bond cover. Oh yeah, which one are you looking at? Because of course they had like five variant covers, right? This one. Uh, let me see. Let me see. Let me see. Let me see. Where are you? Oh yeah, that's the one. I, yeah, okay, that's one I've got. All right. So the cover is Isis and Gary Seven, and they're in a tricolor. Uh, trifibricated, I don't know if that's even a word, with a white border, and then there's four iterations of the black cat. Well, if you know anything about Gary Seven and Isis, well, Isis transforms from a black cat into a sexy femme fatale and back into a black cat. Why does this guy look like Adam West? Um, it's not Adam West. I, I, look it up. Look it up. Look up. Ask yourself. Like, get online. Figure out who Gary Seven is while I'm looking this up. Okay, okay, cool. The episode Assignment Earth we have talked about again and again recently because of how fascinating Star Trek Year Five has been. And then to reincorporate these characters after they were in one episode of the original series of Star Trek and to do it so well. And I've been pissed off a couple of times reading this because I was like, I don't want to perceive this guy as a bad guy. This guy wasn't a bad guy. Gary Seven wasn't a bad guy. He had an agenda in 1968 Earth, and the Enterprise went back in time, mostly by accident. But, hey, we figured out how to go back in time, so we need to send you back there to observe something, the launching of a nuclear satellite it's going to accident you know it's going to rain down nuclear missiles and crush the earth but Gary 7 was involved in stopping that and it was enigmatic because it was like do we is this guy a time traveler is he doctor who is he his own thing He's why does he have a cat turns into a person he does have a sonic screwdriver all of this stuff adds up to the point where you're like what the crap is going on and then Terry Gar was in the episode. My dad had a wicked crush that's, on Terry Gar. That's Terry Gar, isn't it? Yeah, delicious. She was beautiful. Um, oh, and knows. so all of this adds up to where Gene Roddenberry was like, hey, maybe we need a spinoff series from Star Trek about this guy and his cat. I would have been very much on board with that. In fact, I would still take a spinoff series about this. This issue of Star Trek Year 5, number 17, if you have ever wondered about that episode, this is the book to get. You have to get this book. If you don't get this book, you could also get the Eugenics Wars, I think, book two, which would have something to do with this, but that was a novel. There's okay. also uh, Star Trek Assignment Eternity by Greg Cox. Gary Seven returns. Greg Cox. Good, good author. Okay, Gary Seven running around at the at the beginning of the book, nine panel, first page, second page, nine panel, Gary Seven running around being a perfect human specimen. Perfect. And then he gets a visitor at his front door saying, hey, your time has come, you're activated, here's your weapon of choice. Oh, wait, but I have all these questions. Trust in the plan. Trust in the plan of Aegis. Trust in the plan. That's all he has to hear. The amount of faith, the amount of trust, the amount of understanding. He has lived his entire life up to this point being as perfect a human as possible before he was called to duty. His predecessor was killed. 
you have to assume the mantle of this. You're never going to get any older. You're never going to get sick. You're never going to... You could die, but you're not going to die of natural causes. You know? And, like, you are part of the Aegis plan. He gets zapped into space and finds out that his entire life, obviously, has been a little bubble. Kind of like what's going on with Thor recently right in uh with dr donald blake if you've been reading it guys uh and he finds out that all of his contemporaries his comrades from every different race in the galaxy there is a perfect specimen and they are all working towards the goals of aegis which is perfect cosmic balance and the thing that kills me is that there is a cardassian Oh, in this gross. mix that looks exactly, exactly like Garak from Deep Space Nine, which suddenly makes me go, is possibly Garak one of these characters? I don't know. We have uh, a Klingon. We've got some kind of monster creature. We've got an Andorian. We've got a Kazon of all people. We've got a Vulcan. We've got a, uh, a Temerian. And it's like, oh, it's just fascinating to think that there's so many different personalities running around being one of these agents of Aegis. So then there's this incredible Michael Korvac style two page where he's being transmorphed into you're done. You don't have to get any older. You don't have to be sick, blah, blah, blah. You're going to be holographically covered in whatever you need to be to be the most palatable and that's what's crazy is that then we get this bat and then he meet, i'm sorry he meets his associate isis and then they're like yeah we're gonna go through and she's a shapeshifter we got a great page where he goes through five different time time uh instances like historically critical time instances and he like he helps he he helps start World War One for some reason, even though that does that upsets the cosmic balance. He convinces Jimi Hendrix to go on stage at Woodstock. He convinces, uh, uh, oh gosh, what the crap is it? I'm sorry, the Khan. He convinces not Khan but the Khan to invade all of Asia. He convinces the the. Vulcans so, to go to Earth for so first contact. So he's a troublemaker. It's it's like he has to make certain that historical events take place. But if they don't take place without him starting it, would they have even happened in the first place? Precisely. That's my whole beef with this entire thing. Because lately he has been a villain in this series. Showing up and being like, fucking James Kirk has to be stopped. But like, that's the thing. I don't think he wants to stop James Kirk. I think Isis is more aware of what Aegis wants to do, and I think Gary Seven is going to say, no, James Kirk is a force for good in the universe. He is the he is the the like the game changer that we have to pay attention to, that we have to allow him to do what he needs to do in an effort to make sure all of these things happen the way they need to happen for Aegis to come to being. And so I am I'm just enthralled for the next issue of this, hoping that it's going to carry on with this, carry on with the artwork and like really tell the story, because I was not exactly lost recently. 
seeing Gary Seven being quantifiably a bad guy, but I was lost wondering why it was like that. I I need I need more. I can't wait for more. This is the most enthusiastic I've been about one of these Star Trek Year Five books in a little bit, and I'm not going to say I haven't really really enjoyed this series. This is the best Star Trek comic I've ever read out of every Star Trek comic. It's just Star Trek Year Five is where it is at, and I am looking for issues of Year Four, and I've got like one issue. Are are they almost to the point where they're going to Year Six? Uh, they won't go. I don't. I don't know how they would go to year six because, of course, you got to remember the original series, space, the final frontier, five year mission. We're going on a five year mission. The show got canceled in the third season, so they would have gone on for two more seasons and presumably ended the series, depending on its popularity. If it had been over the top popular, they would have been like, oh yeah, I don't know, maybe we'll go to like some more, more time, and like. That's the whole thing. They won't go to your six. I hope they don't go to your six. Or if they do, they change the title and it's the Lost Years because the Lost Years novels between what would have been years four, five, and the motion picture would have shown Kirk becoming an admiral. He's forced to give up the Enterprise. And between you, me, and everybody else, we know that's nothing he ever wanted to do. Right. Like, this is the most famous adventure in Star Trek, Captain Picard, Captain Sisko, Captain Janeway, nothing compares to, to Captain Kirk being in command of the Enterprise 1701 because of the five-year mission. It's the only Constitution-class ship that actually came back from its five-year mission. The others were destroyed. The others were lost in space. No one knows what happened to them. Or we figured it out decades after the fact. But, like, this is the one that was successful. We went out there. We explored our direction. We did what we needed to. We came back. We survived it. That's why Jim Kirk was the man who could. You know? And it's amazing. Like, in any circumstance, Jim Kirk would have been, like, ushered in. You're going to be an admiral. Now you're going to be president of the Federation. That's not what happened. Jonathan Archer of the NX-01 Enterprise was the first president of the Federation. He was George Washington of the Federation, Scott Bakula. If you watched Enterprise, that show didn't get all the years it needed. But, you know, there you have it. Anyway, I'm just saying this book is the best Star Trek book I've ever read. And I am really wanting to go back and pick up all of the Peter David Star Trek series. I don't know. I mean, this is just killer. Beautiful art. Filling in the gaps. Super, super good. Joshua, what have you got? Man, you guys got all this, like, introspective shit, and I'm reading, like... Man, I read some decent stuff, but the one... I mean, I gotta bring it up just because Spider-Man number... Amazing Spider-Man number 55. Um, This is a... Mm. This has degenerated into a terrible story, man. Like, where... Oh, no. The... The build-up on, uh, God, like, my mind is, like, pissed off. I can't remember his guy. Every time I, I start thinking about names, they always space, not Nemesis, fucking, uh, uh Kindred. Mm. 
they built it up for the past, like, wow. I think the first time I saw Kendrick was four years ago. And he was this all, like... Tony, you ever see Kendrick before in Spider-Man? Or you're not really a Spider-Man reader, oh. are you? Mm-hmm. I, I know of him. I know who you're talking about. Uh-huh. Well, you know, his girl boy, was just, he controlled centipedes. He was able to get in everyone's mind, break people. I mean, like, it was like he was going to be the all, end-all, be-all. Like, the next end-all, be-all. And it turns out to be fucking gay-ass Norman Osborn. I mean, uh, it's always Harry Osborn. Harry Osborn. Yeah. Oh, it's always an Osborn. It's Harry yeah. Osborn. Yeah. I say gay ass because it's fucking gay, and I mean that shitty. It's fucking stupid. Like, they, like they they built it up all badass, and then it's Harry. And oh, I'm still mad at you. Okay, so first off, there's no build up to why or how Harry is fucking kindred. There's there's the only things that have really happened around Harry has been that his uh, wife was, um, God, what was the, the last other goblin that showed up and had a baby with Norman. And um, now he's he's got all these powers where he can break into people's minds and, and he's, he's, okay, so he's... That's jacked up compared to, I mean, I just read the, the Osborne legacy. And, like, Harry had nothing going on like that. Where does this shit happen? When do these powers happen? That's my point. Is that, like... Okay, obviously I'm I'm intrigued in the mystery. But, like, like all of a sudden this awesome person they're building up as a great nemesis is Harry. And the last time I saw Harry, he was just trying to protect little Normie. And uh, he's got some wife problems. And... But the whole time he was... Kindred and okay, how the fuck did this happen? Um, they read this little faux bar. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And like... he was walking out, <laughs> and this dumpster <laughs> fell over. Yeah, and then uh, and it... this radiated, this radiated fluid fell on top of him while oh, his... <laughs> while a uh, X-ray machine crashed from a uh, higher it building. Fell out of the <laughs> window above the faux restaurant and, and a landed on him. And radiated him was and a centipede crawling was crawling over his corpse yeah and it it the, the x-rays and the centipede revived him it, it, exactly okay so he's that's awful yeah but it's better yes. than what's it's better yes, than it what's is. happened here and so it's it's harry and he has dug up all the people that have died due to spider-man's existence we're talking uh J. Jonah Jameson's uh, mom. No, 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 shit. No, no. It was J- like the His dad, mom. the dad, uh, Gwen Stacy, Captain Stacy, uh, you name it. And we're going to have Ben Parker. Here. Yeah. Ben Riley. Occasionally Aunt May. Yeah. And uh, he's, he's making them have dinner with them. And like. He's and he's punishing him for his sins and like what sins? What did I do? And he's like, what you did to me? And oh, guess what? The 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 latest person that's joining our party is on its way. And like the last issue, it's it's oh no, it's Mary Jane on the projector screen. And and uh, what did I do? Oh, you know what you did. Oh, but what did I do? Oh no, you know what I did. And then Mary Jane like it re- kind of rewinds when she shows up and uh, Norman's like, okay, so we need you to go out here. My guy's going to be surrounding the place because I'm totally a good guy now. Because uh, of the Sin Eater. Uh, totally good now. Don't worry about it. I'm to- that, don't, I don't want to hear what you're talking about. No, no, I'm totally okay now. I am totally a good guy. 
yeah, fuck you. I don't believe it, but I gotta do it for uh, for Peter. And she goes into the the cemetery, and she gets attacked and uh, dragged into Kindred's little lair. And Peter's like, no. <laughs> and uh, but oh no, the plane's going awry. All my guys that were supposed to save uh, Mary Jane, you know, they're all down and out, and I gotta, I gotta, you know, intervene. And of course, uh, well. Uh, God, Harry's doing his fucking monologuing. Oh, Green Goblin. <laughs> no. No way. Never saw that coming. No way, Green Goblin. Hey, I'm here to save the day. But guess what? They're mine. Those pumpkin bomb. Boom. Blown up. Kindred's, Kindred's laid on his ass. Not dead. Peter's like, no, Mary Jane's dead. And then it fades black. And, uh... Of course, it turns into a, a fucking father-son bullshit. This fucking sucks. This, it, like... Like, they have to have some fucking left-wing bullshit come out of nowhere to save the story. <laughs> because they, they, they built it up. I mean, this was... This was this was worse than, like, who's the guy killing over in WB? And, like, oh, guess what, Austin? It was me, Vince McMahon, the whole time. <laughs> like... <laughs> It should have been Christopher Daniels. Should have been Christopher Daniels. Dude, I read that. <laughs> should have been Pentagon. Should have been Pentagon. Pentagon Junior. Uh, Granted, this... he was like ten at the time, but still. Hey, hey, hey! In Mexico, you're a man. The second you get first hair and ball, and you can do a oh, flip. First time you killed a man. <laughs> hey, hey! We still don't know what Pen- who Pentagon is. Could have been Vampiro. Could have been Conan. I want to talk about anything other than... Could have been Savio Vega. Now you're getting all fucking... Now you're just showing off. No, I'm just... Could have been Duke the Dumpster Drosy. He was due for a comeback. Yeah, Mary Jane might be dead. Have they ever really killed Mary Jane? Does it even matter anymore? No. Does it even matter? Harry Harry even references, oh, I just want one more day. Like, oh, Jesus fucking Christ. Oh. Uh, <laughs> like, like, what? Like, this was, this was written by executives. Too many fucking cooks in the kitchen, man. This was, like, I, I imagine when writing this that, like, man, I got a great story here. Everything's going to be great. Oh, but you... Hey, Nick Spencer, we know everything you do is great, but here's the thing, though. Sony owns is now owned by Disney, and uh, even though not really, but still kind of, but totally, um, we have some ideas. <laughs> oh. Even the font sucked in this. The font? Even the font sucked in this, and <laughs> they gave Mary Jane bangs. Obviously, I was disconnected and sucking us all bangs. <laughs> What? No. Anyway, minefielders, I'm sorry. Uh, obviously, you know we do spoilers because you're tuning in a week after these come out. But this was like, I remember like reading like when Superior Spider-Man was starting and they killed Peter off, and I was like super pissed off. And I brought it up before, like you know, Dan Slott would never let us down, and he didn't. Superior Spider-Man was fucking phenomenal. Like, from right off the bat. And the lead-in to whatever next story they're going to do is just... Even the cover was dumb. Like, like, like the cover had nothing to do 
with anything that's going on. It was just like someone uh, got a little crazy on their iPad. Let me let me show you the cover. See that? It's just a. Uh, oh yeah, I saw that. It's just white on black. All right, so you've got some uh-huh. uh, black slate paper, and you're just scratching away. Um, uh, there's a spider in the middle by his ear. Uh, I guess that makes sense. Last remains legacy eight fifty six. Oh, we're almost coming in eight sixty. So that means something's gonna happen, right? Jesus, I'm pissed off. <laughs> this broke you, dude. It really pissed me off. Uh, Spider Man is my like uh, Spider Man and Constantine. <sighs> nice. I gotta Who's your pissed. favorite Spider Man? Who? Who is your favorite Spider Man? Me. Which actor portraying Spider Man is your favorite Spider Man? Andrew Garfield. Andrew Garfield. Andrew Garfield. Andrew Garfield. I thought I thought those I thought those movies never got their due. I don't think they were that bad. No, they they were not get their due. No hesitation. Andrew Garfield, hands down. Even the deleted scenes were good. That didn't really make sense. Like I'm gonna I'm gonna love all the political stuff we went into. This is gonna be the thing that's gonna make people mad. Andrew Garfield is not the best Spider-Man. He is such a good Spider-Man. Dude, him and him and Gwen Stacy. Gwen Stacy would be great. But Gwen Stacy and the, the hotness, god damn it, their chemistry, Emma Stone and Andy Garfield, their chemistry was out of control. Like, way more realistic than than Kirsten Dunst and Tobey Maguire. However, I will say, that moment in Spider-Man when Kirsten was outside and Tobey was taking the trash out, and they have that conversation that was p- totally plausible. Totally. Mm-hmm. It was, it, but it was also the, yeah, we're out of high school now, and like now I have no options. Fuck her. Um, <laughs> yeah, no. The funny thing is, though, dude, my, my wife, we, we binge-watched all the uh, Spider-Man movies, the original Spider-Man, Tony McGuire movies, and the one thing she couldn't get over was freaking um, Christian Dunst's tiny teeth. <laughs> she's, got baby tiny teeth. Teeth. she's got baby teeth. She's got baby teeth. She has baby teeth, and freaking my wife could not get over it. You see, that's, that's the, funny. The, that's the, the the funny thing is that I never noticed eyes, face, barely hair. Uh, sorry, minefielders, but I'm a titty guy, and <laughs> you know I never would have guessed. <laughs> Breaking news right how did, here. How did you arrive at that? Uh, yeah. Anyway, let's take a break because I'm about to piss my pants. In my new H and M pants. Oh, minefielders! We're all pissing our pants. I'm gonna clap Energy loud. Guns. Break. We're back, guys. After we're back. Long, luxurious. We're back like that. Uh, like that song on the Ghostbusters 2 score. Back again. Oh, no, back, I'm not back again. I was thinking back again. Yeah. Alright. I got charge. <laughs> I'm still I'm still seeing Andy Garfield gifts. Kinda of ridiculous. Kinda of ridiculous. Well I was All right. a totally different thing for Spider Man, so yeah, never mind. Yeah, 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 yeah. Wet yeah, Mary yeah, Jane yeah, yeah. Hooters. Yeah. Mary Jane. Oh man. Tony, what's your next book? What do you got? Alrighty, I'm gonna. 
What was some Swamp Thing? Uh, Future State Swamp oh, Thing number dude. one, actually. Hell yeah. Swamp Thing. Awesome. Yeah, you, you don't get a good Swamp Thing book these days. And, like, it's not... It's not, we're not looking like Alan Moore or anything like that, but it's still pretty interesting. So, like, the entire time, we're looking at these, um, there were five years in the future in New York City, which I find, I, I find interesting just because, like, you never see DC comics from New York City, basically. It's always Metropolis, Themyscira, mm-hmm. Gotham, Atlantis. You know, this one's actually in New York City, which I find interesting. Um, but you, but there's there's Swamp Thing. Like I said, we're five years in the future, five years post uh, Death Metal, and all they do is they call it the event. Like uh-huh. they, there's four, there's that, and then everything else. And Swamp Thing's actually, I don't know, if, Swamp Thing is now uh, the Green Father. Oh, so he's basically the head. Lead. You know, he's he's the master of the green, but he's also like he's. I'm not sure if he's able to make more plant type people, but there there are many plant type people of different ages, and he's telling um, this young girl who's a plant, um, a plant creature, just telling her the story of what life was like before the event. Okay. And there's another character by the name of Indigo, who's basically an old salty bastard. And he's just telling her, like, you know, you know, that's not what happened. You know, this is what really happened. He's trying to say this is what's going on. You know, you know, Swamp Father, uh, Green Father's lying to you. And he's just like, you know, Swamp Thing's just like, enough. And before anything can really be figured out, there's an explosion in New York City. So the whole thing is that freaking there's apparently there's no humans in the immediate vicinity. Like these, the the swamp creatures have looked, but they they found nobody. But swamp thing continues to look, and that's a huge thing for the rest of the swamp creatures, because why does he care? You know, because he doesn't actually go into why he cares. He just you know he's just consistently looking for humans. You know, so I don't know if they don't know about Alec Holland and the man he was before he became Swamp Thing. Right. Or, or if they do know and it's just like, that's, you know, that's a dead life and we don't care anymore. But there's dead this huge life? explosion. There's this, his, his, past, his past life is Alec Holland. Okay. Is basically what I'm referring to. Right. Mm. But, you know, like I said, there's this huge explosion, so they go to check it out. And all these machines in this building are running, and they're all, like, everything, this is all before the event happened. So these are all uh, machines made by man, but they haven't been running. Mm -hmm. But it turns out this building's about to come down, but one of their own is trapped in there. And Heather, another plant-based creature, is able to pull him out. And he's, he's complaining that he can't feel his legs. Ooh. And the building itself is crushing down, and that's, you know, but it's saved by freaking, by Swamp Thing. So all his people are good to go. Mm-hmm. But they find out that there there's a possibility that um, the Swamp Thing's looking in the green, and he finds out there's a possibility that humans have been in New York, and they've traveled abroad. And Swamp Thing, you know, Swamp Thing's debating whether to go after them or not, and Heather's actually one saying, you know, we have to go. 
you know, even though she, you know, she doesn't want to, she knows how he feels about the humans. And one of the interest, interesting things about it is like they're talking about this, um, the creature, the one that got hurt, his name was Brock. And they're just talking about how, like, you know, all he needs is some sunlight and some water and he, he'll be fine. But he's an older, an older creature. So his, um, his roots aren't what they used to be. Oh. And I, I just thought that dynamic of being like, you know, a plant based humanoid is, as it were. And like, all they need is sunlight and water and they'll be fine. I thought that was an interesting little quirk. Especially when, like, the strongest trees are, like, thousands of years old. Like, I've been to yeah. Redwood Forest. Like, that sounds like a a new idea, like, meant to discriminate against someone just because they're older. Like, are they incorporating that sort of idea? Yeah, it definitely seems like they are. And, like, they're leaving. Like, they leave him behind. And they go look. Um, for, they go follow this human. And they, they go. They're 18 miles north of Eureka, Nunavut. I've never heard of none of us, but I don't know if that's in Canada or abroad, further abroad. I'm not sure. But one of their own is killed by a human, but they're able to find the tracks. So they follow this guy into a cave, and they, they basically surround him. And another interesting aspect is that like this whole time, obviously, you're able to read the thought bubbles and the word bubbles of the creatures. But apparently what, what they say is in a language that humans understand. All right, so just to pause real quick, uh, Eureka Nunavut is a small research base in the Folsom Peninsula uh, in the Krikatulik region in the Canadian ter territory of Nunavut. So this is... Pulling up maps here, because this is... this is I, I like the idea, especially because, you know, you, you hear those, like, oh, zombie apocalypse, we'll go to Alaska. And this is, okay, just zooming out here. Jesus. Hmm. This is, yeah, this is one, like, an obscure peninsula on, whoa, this is more in, like, Greenland. <laughs> oh, okay. Like, this hmm. is, this is, this is way past the Arctic Circle. Yeah. Like... Like, where, imagine, okay, you guys know where, uh, imagine where Fairbanks, Alaska is, like, just say, yeah. like, sm smack dab, not exactly, but smack dab right in the middle of Alaska. Mm -hmm. And Mexico City, imagine where that is to Mexico City, go up, same direction, same distance, Mexico City to the uh, northeast, if not. Oh, okay. This is, no, well, not Greenland, Greenland's... The green, it's 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 like three quarters up in Greenland if you're just drawing a straight line. Jesus, man! Like, and we're talking about flora fauna growing there. Yeah, well, no, that's that's the thing. We're getting we're getting to that part because, like I said, these these the the you know the swamp creatures basically, you know, they're chasing this guy down and they catch him in a cave, and they can't understand him. He can't understand them. But Swamp Thing's able to communicate between both. Like he ends up sending away um, everybody else that way he can talk to the human one on one because you know they want to kill him. <clears throat> you know they want to avenge the death of their of their brother. Basically, you know he ends up sending him away, which angers Heather because like Heather, she doesn't understand like she doesn't understand why he's sending them away. 
like why he has this love for humans and indigo is just totally just kneeling her you know just talking about how you know this is this is who he is this is what he does he's not you know he doesn't love you the way he loves humans and like she punches him and walks away you know which is funny because she ends up breaking his jaw and you know because he's a, he's a, you know, a plant a plant you know right. person so he doesn't have the bone structure that we would have it's like he's literally picking his job off the floor hmm can it meld together yeah he's able to put it back together but it's definitely <laughs> like definitely a thing you know he's like i said he's literally picking his job off the floor so he goes back to swamp thing talking to this guy whose name is venon and you know we find out that venon's looking for other humans to help because he was part of the uh, the Star's Fortress up here, him and his father. And it turns out that um, some of them ran away, including himself. And they're being hunted and killed because um, this guy, who's only referred to as the Undying Man, is trying to create the, this thing they call the Obsidian Sun to destroy everything and you know, destroy all the, you know, everything and take over the world, basically. And this, you know, this whole thing is, it's, it's just insane because freaking, you know, we don't, we don't know who any of these people are yet. And like, they end up finding out what the real reason is. And he doesn't tell them yet, you know, until we find out that they're destroying everything. But there are all these pictures in this entire issue. Like it shows like the, um, the inside of the head, but it looks like it's, it's based on, you know, plants. You know, you see the inside of the head, you see the lungs, you see, um, like, the arms, like, the sinew of the muscles of the back. You know, and you think the whole time this is all based on, like, the creatures that Swamp Thing's creating himself. But the last the last couple of pages, you see the Obsidian Man, and he's just in this, you know, he's in this lab, and all this purple energy is just floating around him and the last image we actually see who the who i believe the undying man is and it's anton arcane it had to have been it had to have been i knew it <laughs> it had to have been like the, the like but it, like at the same time though like it makes sense but at the same time though uh if you're telling a swamp thing story basic knowledge of anything swamp thing would you'd want like the main nemesis, you know, Batman, Joker, Superman, Lex Luthor. Um, the, the idea, especially cause I remember watching the, uh, the USA show. Uh, I was, I loved the USA show. Mm -hmm. thing. Um, yep. Bring back arcane, of course. And any other nuggets or just cliffhanger? Yeah, it just ends right there. It ends with you seeing Anton Arcane, and he talks about plunging the world into everlasting darkness. And that's just where the issue ends. Okay. Well, it makes perfect sense in terms of, like, the title. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's definitely an interesting read, because I've never, like, I don't I don't know if Swamp Thing's, able, like I said, able to create these other swamp creatures of his own volition, or if it's like, you know, how like the eggs in X-Men where they're able to resurrect people. Right. You know, you know, it's an, it's, it's, it's an interesting mystery. 
I just want more Swamp Thing, man. Uh, Mike Ruth. Yeah, you uh, never get a solid individual Swamp Thing book these days. And this one, I'm very interested to see where the next one comes out. It's been a while since we had a good Swamp Thing. It's been like four or five months, I think. Since, uh, yeah, Swamp I can't ended. think of the last time I heard anything awesome about Swamp Thing. That's good. Yeah, it was, it's a, I, I loved it. It was probably, personally, I think it was probably my favorite read of the week. Hell yeah. Cool. Man, my favorite read of the week was a completely out of left field one. I got it because um, it was just one of those random titles I saw, and I grabbed it, and I'm pulling it up right now. It's called Bad Mother. Yeah, Bad Mother, huh? It's called Bad Mother, and it is a uh, from a title, uh, uh, an imprint I've never heard of before. It's called AWA, apparently part of their Upshot Upshot uh, series, but it's called Bad Mother. The logo is in like uh, Jonah Hex font. Um, okay, if y'all can see, and we yep. just we just got a suburban mom sitting there with a. Uh, Stack full of dynamite over a cake, just not giving a shit. <laughs> and what really, really struck a chord in me is that the artist is Mike Diodato Jr. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, first thing that pops in my head that Diodato did was Dark Avengers. Um, the man's mastery of light and dark, as well as detail and facial expression, not being one of those sellout type guys that is always. Um, Talking Heads. Uh, Belanger and I talked about that, about how that's just lazy, shitty storytelling. Uh, when you get to a Walking Dead story <laughs> in like three, four minutes, and like, what did I just spend $5 on? And uh, mm-hmm. uh, But, man, I got dropped in at the... Uh, I, I thought it was... Uh, I, I misspoke. Not issue four, number five. Uh, imagine walking into movie theater at the tail end of... Um, what was the last Tarantino movie? Um... Django Unchained? No, the Manson, yeah, probably. The, the, the Manson one. Oh, I didn't see that one. Did he do that? Yeah. Mm. Why am I spacing on that? I can't think of what it is. I, I have given up giving a rip about Quentin Tarantino movies. That was one of my After first everything he has been, it has been revenge porn for the last, like, ten years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Once upon a time in Hollywood. All right, so imagine. All right, so I saw this movie and it wasn't that good, but the last twenty minutes was this brutal melee of uh, the Manson family. Instead of uh, truly finishing off Tate, uh, get uh, stopped by these nosy neighbors, and uh, with the flamethrowers, and you see Brad Pitt beat this bitch's face into a fucking like, like <laughs> the side of a wall. Yikes! It was wonderful. I mean, we're, we're talking like. Ultraviolence. The, the ultraviolence. Remember when Pulp Fiction came out, guys, and everyone said it was ultraviolent, and mm-hmm. there was very little violence in that movie. It was just disturbing. Um, imagine dropping into the very end of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and at that moment, and we get dropped in. Uh, girl in a trunk, no, in a car. She's figuring out how to drive it out. Crashes into a guy. Like she's obviously being taken hostage. Uh, she hits the uh, navigation with her toe that pops the uh, emergency brake, crashing this poor guy cruising by, and this lady's like, hey, sorry about that, here's some money. He's like, bitch, no. And she's like, nah, uh, I'm not having that, because he looks over and sees this woman trying to break out of this out of the van, 
uh, that's obviously being kidnapped, and she just puts a bullet in her head. I mean, it, it's just like, what the hell is happening here? And we've got Corvettes, we've got windowless vans, we've got two mothers that uh, both hate each other. Both of them have the other's kid held hostage. And uh, the, the main mother, that, uh, from I'm ascertaining here, is uh, having one of those fucked up dinners where you're going to sit down like in Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2. And uh, both kids are uh, sitting there. One of them has... You, you ever seen those, uh, those uh, explosive packs that the front says, uh, front towards enemy? <laughs> yeah, those are Claymore mines. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, the... Uh, from what I'm ascertaining here, the bad mom, uh, her kid is tied up with one of those around his around his check, chest with a uh, toy Hulk holding it up that is only has a finite amount of time, and it is a... What the hell is happening here? Like, I, I, I gotta go get go get all these issues, man. Like, like I can't wait. <laughs> like, I'm actually happy I dropped in on it so I can go and get the origin of this. I mean, like... One of five, no big deal. I mean, like, have some fun. I've got some big one money, and go get the the rest of them. But it's Diodato Jr., man. I mean, like, way he splits up mm-hmm. the panels, man. Uh, if if you uh, follow him on Instagram, I mean, he's Brazilian. He um, he's always posting videos of either doing like actual ink drawings or showing how much of a badass he is on digital formats on his iPad and. Hell yeah, that's my book of the week, man. Just got dropped into some violence. I guess I was in a bad mood when when I when I got this, but uh, I, I liked it. There's some things to be desired, but hell, you know, uh, not too abject against uh, revenge porn. I mean, like Tarantino is definitely falling on my greater graces. That was actually one of my first thoughts this morning. How I used to worship Pulp Fiction. It was my favorite movie. Uh-huh. And now I just don't give a shit about anything. I, I, dude, I, 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 I fell asleep during Django Unchained. I never watched Hateful Eight. Movie sucked. I, I, I didn't mind it. Me and my, uh, my wife, who was my girlfriend at the time, watched it on Valentine's Day. Actually, that's a good. We got a tradition of watching completely not Valentine movies on Valentine's Day. It's like that and like Lego Batman the next year. Does your, uh, <laughs> your wife have a sister? No. She's got a 21-year-old brother that's kind of a pain in the ass, but that's about it. <laughs> well, that's I don't know if you're into that, but nah. hey, each their own, brother. I mean, if he was Taiwanese, I mean, I may be able to look the other way when the lights are off, but... <laughs> <laughs> I'm really happy she doesn't listen to this. <laughs> oh, you and your little podcast. You guys are fun. Enjoy your time. <laughs> Enjoy your time. At least she knows you're home. <laughs> that's true. That's what I got, man. Colin, give us something heavy. Something heavy? Well, let's let's fly through some Doctor Doom related stuff lately. Uh, I've got Doctor Doom number ten, and then I've got this. Um, how the hell did I land on this thing? Iron Man Doctor Doom number one one shot, which. <coughs> I mean, if it's Iron Man and Doctor Doom together or antagonizing one another, I'm going to be like, yeah, let's sign me up. Let's figure this out. Um, Doctor Doom lately has been trying to wrestle control of Latveria back into his grip and has been doing a really excellent job. While at the same time, the sycophants who are 
typically his enemies, have created a black hole on the moon that will destroy the world. And Dune somehow, I, I, I gotta say, I don't quite get why there is such an accelerated pace in the last two issues of Dune, but they are whipping through the stuff that needs to happen in order to get Doctor Doom back on the throne of Latveria, being a violent a-hole dictator. Um, Simcaria, which is to the south, that's the Silver Sables country, is being blamed for all of the problems that have happened in Latveria lately, and I just don't see that. But uh, he eventually, like, absorbs it into Latveria, so now it's like southern Latveria, and the last issue was like a real whip pan of just like pow, 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 pow. Here's a montage. Here's 19 things that happened to get us caught up to where we need to be now to either bring this series to a successful conclusion by issue 12 or just let's whip through this and let's start something new. Like they have, they have just, the pace is all whacked out now. Um, just totally cracking it out. It doesn't make any sense. But if they're going a new direction, fine. I, I, I mean, I just want Doctor Doom to be a protagonist in everything, because it seemed like for a second he was like, okay, I'm gonna quit. Get, I'm gonna quit doing all this awful shit and be a good guy and save the world. Which was what seemed like was happening in this King in Black. Doom, well, I, Iron I, Man, I loved Rosso. it. I loved it in the uh, uh, Superior Iron Man. That was awesome. Superior but, Iron Man. Yeah, all but, right. But, that but, but only because I knew it wasn't gonna last, and I loved infamous, it. Well, it infamous. Infamous Iron Man was way better. It, oh, that's what I meant to say. Infamous Iron Man. Yeah, when I when Doom took on the mantle of being Iron Man because Tony Stark was gone, and then in what was it infamous or no in international iron man tony came back and he was realizing that his mother still existed and uh went and talked to her and she was a pop star in england and then, yeah huh yeah yeah pop star I, I, i've never bought into that idea yeah, but it, then it, it was really bad whole... iron, iron man's mom pop star gave him up for adoption I like the Dazzler? Not Dazzler, no, no. That would have been awesome. Um, I've never bought into this idea. It's not how I would do it if I was writing Iron Man. It was a Bendis Malieve book, though, and it was gorgeous. it's hard to say no gorgeous. to a Bendis Malieve book. Agreed. Which also infamous, or uh, yeah, also infamous Iron Man, the Doom book, as Doom as Iron Man. Um so much shit has happened with Doom lately since uh, Battleworld that it's impossible to know what's real anymore. And the fact that he lost his country and has now regained it and then taken over a similarly sized country, um, I can only hope he takes over all of Europe and Russia and, like, suddenly owns Asia and everyone has to deal with that. Like that would be nuts. Um, I, I wouldn't do Doom. I don't think they're gonna do it, but bow before Doom. If you're wondering what to do with Doom, 
bow before doom. <laughs> That's a World perfect... War Doom right there. Oh, Dude, that'd be insane. World like, War Doom. I'm, I'm trying to find all of the Doom 2099 books leading up to the Warren Ellis Doom 2099, which started after, what, like, issue 25, and I have in trade in there. I just want to read all of Doom 2099, and I want to see... I want all of the 2099 shit... Which is not shit. It's good stuff, dude. I, I remember. I remember getting those when they first came out. I had all the X Men twenty ninety nine. Those are awesome. half the yeah. ravages. I want it all to sync up to the stuff they're doing now. If you're gonna do Miguel in twenty sixteen or whatever with Alchemax and Parker Industries. And blah blah blah, and cycle it off into twenty ninety nine. Then let's do it. I want to do it. All of them are on oh, the yeah. app, dude. I just pulled it up. They're all on the app. They might all be on the app if you're paying for the app. But go fucking buy the books at your local if you can. Agreed. And if you can't, but these are hard to find. Local. We've looked. <laughs> That's the problem. Is that like nobody's just got every issue of. Twenty ninety nine sitting around and like vintage stock or your local or your other local or the other local or if you live in Dick Force, Indiana and like Dick there's Force, no Indiana. comic book store and you've got to go to Omaha or something, which I know that's in Nebraska. Like I get it. Like right we'll travel for comics. We'll travel if for you're, comics. If you're like that's the point. I want the quest. I hold, want hold to on. find every issue of Darkhawk. I want to find every issue that has a Machine Man appearance. I, I do too, but but like I just pulled up uh, on the app Doom twenty nine number twenty five. Uh huh. Story by John Francis Moore. Dialogue by Warren Ellis. That's what I'm talking about, Warren Ellis. Um. Yeah, I have the entire Warren Ellis thing in a trade paperback. You can get this. You can buy it at your local. You can buy it from Thrift Books. You can buy it at Second Chance Books. You can buy it on, you know, an Amazon local. I don't know. You got find a local business. I'm not saying not to read it on the app. Wait, they're not paying on, for the no, app. they're not on here. But I'm saying it's fourteen and twenty four through thirty nine. God damn it. <laughs> so anyway, I, 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 I just personally like control. having that comic in my hand. So well, the only other thing, okay, Iron Man and Doctor Doom number one, King in Black. I was like, oh, what the crap is this? Because uh, as soon as I got, you know, two inches into King in Black, I was like, oh, this is not what I wanted it to be. Um, so we have this nonsense of whatever's going on. And there's just Venom symbiotes. This this is a Christmas issue, and it's a it's a lark. Uh, Doctor Doom, and whatever's going on, whatever iteration of extremist Tony Stark armor is going on, they team up to deal with an evil Chris Kringle, an <laughs> evil Santa Claus. Uh, if if if. If Null has taken over everybody and, like, infested everybody, apparently he seems to have infested Santa Claus. 
And so Doom and Iron Man have to team up to fight Santa Claus, dark Santa Claus. And then it's hilarious because Santa Claus keeps like yelling these Yuletide um, <laughs> like uh, uh, foul language Yuletide <laughs> comments at them. Like, like it's in very uh, rated R. Like in and, uh, the Tick when he was fighting the Red Scare, and Red Scare is like Lennon was keen. <laughs> Mark exactly, had the right idea. Kind of, <laughs> yeah, it's more like experience my pain deer instead of reindeer <laughs> or some shit. That is horrible. It's That's amazing it's, though. It's really funny. Uh, what's the other one? Violent night, no moonlight, all is null. All is bright. It's just horrible shit like that, and it's funny. And then Doom, like, has jokey moments, too. Like, there's one moment where where uh, Santa Claus yells a bunch of Christmas-themed wingdings at them. It's like a ginger cookie and a snowflake and a bunch of candy canes and a snowman and a bunch of exclamation points. And then doom is just like, that was extraordinarily profane. Like to have Dr. Doom commenting on your, uh, uh, horrendous exclamations of profanity. It, it just, it's funny at a certain point. Like I picked this up hoping for a team up or a, or a ma- major iron fight or armor fight. And this is what it amounted to. Uh, I'm not going to say to go out and find this. I'm just going to say, if you picked this up and you haven't read it, read it. If you see it sitting around, flip through this thing. It's, it's, it's ridiculous. If you're on the app, <laughs> then, uh, you know, buy the app, go ahead and read it. Be one with the app. <laughs> I'm one with the app. It was God just silly. It. It the was app silly. is your friend. <laughs> It was just silly. Yeah, it was just silly, and and the art is no, it, it, the art is just as good as all of the other art that's been going on in the entire King and Black uh, business. So yeah, at least more engaging. Uh, at least you know where to look. Yeah. So I'm gonna I'm gonna dive in because I know I know we've only got so much left in our tank here. I'm gonna dive in. I I miss Star Wars. I'm not going to say I've liked any Star Wars that's come out since uh, the end of the Clone Wars. I'm not going to say that I liked much of the Clone Wars. That except for just ended. Revenge of the Sith. <laughs> like Star Wars 3, Revenge of the Sith. That's a great fucking movie. No, that it's is not. an awesome movie. No, that movie fucking uh, sucked balls. Yeah, I loved it. Not everybody likes it. Uh, I love Revenge of the Sith. I love the entire score. Um, I hate. I hate Ray. I hate um, so much about these new movies. I just J.J. Abrams playing with someone else's toys. Uh, I fuck that guy. Hated Kylo Ren so bad. Why he pussy? And then. The new movie, Rise of Skywalker, came out one year ago, plus a month, and also I I fell in love with it. I, uh, I It's a terrible movie. 
the consequence there's no consequences everything that goes wrong it just immediately gets fixed the c-3po thing the chewbacca thing but um, i don't know i just i can't get over the ben solo kylo ren thing i love that and i love the theme and i love lando and that uh, fuck you spoilers lando doesn't die like everybody in these fucking movies dies but not Lando, not Lando, and not Chewbacca. I'm like, does Lando sell action figures? Why are we doing this? I don't know. But, like, I don't know. There's so much that I do love about that new movie. Things being what they are, I miss the Star Wars that I got. Like, I grew up with the first, with the original trilogy, and then I had to make up my own shit with my action figures for a decade. And then one day... My dad comes to me at a Hastings and he's like, did you see this new Star Wars novel over here? And I was like, WTF before WTF even was a thing. And he's like, yeah. and looked at it and I was like, oh my God, there's like a Obi-Wan Kenobi on the cover. And he's not shooting lightning, he's shooting rays of light out of his fingers. And it's got all the care. I got to read this. And I read it and I was bowled the fuck over. We're talking about Heir to the Empire by Timothy Zahn. And then it was the first of a trilogy. And then there was Dark Force Rising and then there was The Last Command. And I feel like a jack wagon, but like I did not read the next two books. I checked them out on audio cassette and I listened to them. And they were great. And uh, so then... The 20th anniversary collection came out recently and it was unabridged. And God bless America, we had unabridged versions of these books because I used to drive an hour to school out of town to a junior college. And I listened to book after book after book on tape. It was all Tom Clancy, it was all Star Wars. I read one Star Wars book after the other on tape. And they were sometimes good and sometimes miserable, depending on how abridged they were. But these unabridged versions are phenomenal. So I listened to Heir to the Empire recently, and I got to say the characterizations by way of the performance. Where does this fall, though? I mean, like, you've been all over the place. Okay. Sorry, 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 sorry. Okay. Star Wars, Return of the Jedi. We know where we are, right? Yeah. Okay. So after that, there would have been a book called The Courtship of Princess Leia, followed up by this book, Heir to the Empire, then Dark Force Rising, then The Last Command. Well, The Courtship of Princess Leia is a book that no one should ignore. That happens three years after the Emperor is killed, after the second Death Star is destroyed, after the Battle of Endor. The rebels have not quite taken back Coruscant, the capital, right? Luke had experiences his next and first encounter with a with Sith lords after this. He goes he goes to the planet Dathomir to find the crashed Jedi Academy. Because in that story, the Jedi Academy wasn't one place. It was a starship that traveled around the universe finding Jedi candidates. I was like, wow, that's a cool idea. Simultaneously, Han Solo realizes if he's going to marry Princess Leia, he needs to be royalty. And so he goes back through the Carillion whatnot and finds out 
he's actually a Karelian prince. Oh, Jesus. So now he can compete. Are you serious? Now he can compete. No, no, no. <laughs> this now is some baseball shit. Hey, stick with me. Because somebody shows up to the New Republic, Prince Iceholder, and he's like, hey, I'm from the Hapen cluster, and uh, we want to marry into the New Republic. And we have all these battle star ships that are really powerful, and we can lend those to your fleet so you can control the galaxy for a positive democratic effect. And uh, we have all of these gems that will increase the value of your currency. Like, but you know, Princess Leia has to marry me. Well, Han Solo flips out and he's like, oh my God, I'm not going to be able to marry this woman that I'm in love with. So he goes and he plays a game of cards, Sabic. Of course. That's how he won the Millennium Falcon, of course. Yeah. And he beats a guy into uh I own this planet, Dathomir. So Han Solo wins this planet and he's like, Hey Leia, look, I've got this planet and all the Alderanians can move there. It's new Alderan. And they're like, What the fuck? So he kidnaps her to Dathomir, where they find the Night Sisters, which you may remember from the Clone Wars cartoon. No. Which they got from this book, by the way. And uh, this is a book by Dave Wolverton. And uh, then Luke shows up there. Because the thing about every Star Wars expanded universe novel is that this guy goes here and that guy goes there and this guy goes over here. And then they all magically find themselves in exactly the same place at exactly the same time solving exactly the same problem that they didn't all realize was the same problem from their respective circumstances. That's every plot to every expanded universe novel. Jedi Search, Children of the Jedi, The New Rebellion, all of it. And so that still happens in the Thrawn trilogy. So three years after the Rebels defeat the Emperor and the Empire at the Battle of Endor... The courtship of Princess Leia happens. Two years after that, Han and Leia are married. They're about to have Jedi twins. Of course. And Luke is a Jedi Knight. And he's like, I don't know what to do. I gotta go out. I gotta I don't know. Do I just be a Jedi or do I go out and find more people who are capable of GP? I need to find a master to train me. Well, in the book that I just read, Heir to the Empire, Grand Admiral Thrawn has come back from the unknown regions with a fleet of Star Destroyers. And he is obsessed with the art of every species. And he's like, I know everything about every species because I know their art. If I study their art, I know who they are and I know how to defeat them. And he's not freaking wrong. So he has this grand plan. We're going to go to Mount Tantis on Wayland which is a secret repository of all of the Emperor's evil plans. And we're going to take it, we're going to use it, and we're going to take over, and we're going to defeat the Rebellion. Oh, I mean, you mean the New Republic? No, I mean the Rebellion. So he launches these hit-and-run attacks, and he's unbelievably successful. And nobody can figure out what the hell he's going to do next, and everybody freaks out. Meanwhile, there's a... Remember the Bothans? Many Bothans died to bring us this information. Yes. Well, the leader of the Bothans is trying to take over the military control of the New Republic from Admiral Akbar. And 
you're like, oh, is this guy the bad guy? I don't understand why we keep doing this. Like in the second book, it starts to take pl- to start to figure it out. Thing is, Luke, Han, Lando, the droids, they're all sucked into this thing with this smuggler called Talon Card, who became enormously popular. He's this kind of like slick, I don't know what, Harry Mud type character. Um, if you're Harry into Star Mudd? Trek. He's a Star Trek character. Uh, he's a smuggler. He's the guy that took over all the smuggling bullshit after Jabba the Hutt was killed. And um, he also has his number one, his Riker, Mara Jade, who hates, hates, feel how hard I'm clenching my fist when I do this, hates Luke Skywalker. And it's like, why do you hate Luke Skywalker? I won't tell you. Well, that's the whole thing is like the reason being is that she was hiding out in the palace of Jabba the Hutt when Luke Skywalker killed and defeated Jabba the Hutt. Thus, she lost everything. Wait a minute. You lost everything? Why? Because I was a spy for the emperor and I knew you would be there and I was trying to report back for the emperor and because I didn't report back for the emperor because the sail barge got blown up blah 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 this whole thing I don't want to blow the whole story for everybody the right. thing is there's this latently Jedi capable redheaded girl that I think would be very well portrayed in a movie by Mackenzie Davis look it up and uh, um she just wants to kill Luke Skywalker so bad. And you find out why in the third book. Now, I'm rereading all of these, and I, I remember this from reading these in, like, 1992. But um, what I'm getting at is that this is the launch. This is the reason why we have all this Star Wars. Star Wars was dead as of 1985. We had the end of action figures. Like, we're not selling action figures anymore. There's no movie. There's no cartoon. There's nothing going on with Star Wars. Star Wars is being sold for, like, a buck at KB Toys in your local mall. I like finding uh, the old toys that have the uh, old the old uh, price tag. I know. I know, dude. I've got, like, KB. I've got Robotech action figures packaged that still have KB, like, discount clearance stickers on them. Buy three of this same Roy Fokker for a buck ninety-five or whatever. And it's like, you had the same thing with Star Wars toys. So, uh, I mean, it was over. And then one day, your dad tells you, there's a new Star Wars novel over here. And you're like, what the fuck? And you read it, and it's amazing. It's a detective story. So what I'm trying to tell you all is, yeah, you can go back and reread these books. Or you can listen to them on Audible, as portrayed by the narrator, who is incredible. Like, he has the caricature of Luke Skywalker, of... Han Solo, of C-3PO, of Grand Admiral Thrawn. Like, if you watched Rebels, you would see Grand Admiral Thrawn. And you would go, 
okay, interesting characterization. And then you would re, re you would listen to this book and you would go, oh, they took that characterization from this guy. And then this guy's Han, this guy's Lando, this guy's Lando sounds almost like a southern plantation owner. It's kind of a weird reversal of fortunes. Uh, but he does sound good. And then Han sounds like Han. The only character he doesn't quite nail down is Leia, but I think it's just because it's a guy performing as Leia. But like every time he performs as Luke, he slows down and he plays Luke in this kind of like, I'm totally even, I'm totally chill. I can totally figure out what you're going to say next and what I'm going to say next. But then he portrays Talon Card as this like slick space pirate type and it really works. And then Mara Jade, he plays in this performance that's like, why would anyone want to be around this bitch? She is awful. She is so, like, she is so caustic. There's no reason why anyone would want to be involved with her for any reason. But Mara Jade is the woman that Luke Skywalker, spoiler alert, eventually marries. <gasps> oh, my God. So, I mean, if you never read any of these expanded universe novels, if you never played the West End Star Wars role-playing game, if you never um, bought any Galoob micro-machines pertaining to these toys or any of the... St I've still got packaged action figures with the, uh, with the watercolor comic books of these stories packaged like and now they're going for like i don't know 80 90 dollars on ebay like packaged i don't know why i'm still holding on to these things at this point and i think you know that's the thing the expanded universe of star wars it's exciting now because the movies fucking suck and we all grew up on this we all grew up watching the original trilogy and being like this is awesome and then we didn't have anything and suddenly we had these phenomenal books and then we had the jedi academy trilogy and we had the dark horse comics of dark empire which is still in my opinion the benchmark moment in dark horse comics the thing that put dark horse on the map i know they had the aliens license i know they had the tick i know they had tick was new england comics well fuck me and then, like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking at you saying that you've like not even changed expression at all. Uh, and it's like you said the, the, you're gonna blaze through this. I'm blazing, dude. I blazed. It's through been Dr. 20 Doom. minutes. I blazed. I blazed through Doctor Doom. Shut up, dude. You you know we would be doing a three hour show, and then you want to do Minefields After Dark. <clears> no, we're not doing Minefields at two in the morning. And Minefields X Rated Edition after Minefields <laughs> After Dark. Yeah, where, where we do three where, to four. Yes, and then the NC seventeen version of Minefields. I'm just no, telling that that is forty five minutes of freaking Josh talking about boobs. Now he's got his top ten. Now, now speaking of boobs, he's got perkies to bust in. <laughs> now speaking of boobs, now we're now we're on a roll here. <laughs> I'm just I'm just fucking with you, man. Come I'm just on. saying. I'm just saying, as far as Star Wars goes, guys, folks, ladies, everybody, if you're sick of bad Star Wars movies, if you're bored of it, if you don't know what to do next and you love Star Wars, 
download Heir to the Empire unabridged on Audible and see if it launches an entire new aspect of your fandom. Because the comic book adaptations of these books are going through the roof to those who are in the know. I was at a Half Price Books, which is a regionally awesome secondhand bookstore uh, in Oklahoma City last month. And the comic adaptation collection, six books or 12 books, I don't remember each, of each book in this trilogy, that that was going for 150 bucks. And there's a reason. It's because these movies, these new movies, suck dicks. <laughs> I thought you said you liked Rise of Skywalker. I like Rise of Skywalker. It still fucking sucks. It's a terrible movie. It's a terrible movie. Yeah, we do like we do like a lot of terrible movies. How it's just it? Adam Pfeiffer is so good. He's good I can't him. wait to watch Finn Forstick. I don't even know what that is. I don't even know what you're talking about. <laughs> Anyway, I that's it. That's what I got. I burned through that shit. Namor number two continues. Namor number one, fucking awesome. Clearly, 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 Swift Tide ultimately is going to get killed. Uh, some king in black bullshit is going to happen so that we can try to propel that story. Fuck me. Fuck that. Fuck you. Namor is awesome. He's always been awesome, any- man. Why are you so defensive? Like, we're ready to hate on it? No, not at all. I just hate that Marvel is using King and Black as an opportunity to launch a new book instead of just launching the new book and praying to God that it works right. When the art is this good, when the story is this appropriate, when you've got villains who are tacit allies this early in the story who are going to become villains, and I want to see that story happen. I don't need the king in black. Just put Namor in a book and put all these villains in a book and do the whole story. Let me see why Krang decides to be a bad guy. Let me see why Atuma decides to be a bad guy. Fuck the king in black. I don't need it. It's Namor. I'm going to read it. Carry on. Man, I got X-Men number 16... Do it! Alright, so X of Swords is over. They're burning through some books that aren't as good right now. Everything that they... All the momentum they had, well, all the books that were associated X-wise, is is over. Um, but where it picks up right here in X-Men number 16. And uh, Doug is talking to Krakoa and Araco, the, the, the one piece of Araco. Okay, so after X of Swords we talked about a couple episodes ago... Um, you know, that basically it's a male and female, uh, mutant islands. If anyone remembers back in the day when Kokoa was just like basically a, uh, couple pieces of sod that grew pretty big and destroyed a couple of things. Now it's a whole continent. Um, but it had a, a female counterpart and now it's here on earth and the mutants of Araco, they, they're, <sighs> Might is right. It's one of those things where like there's no there's no yeah, you've got all these weaklings that want to be part of the X Men. Yeah, we would have killed them a long time ago. We actually would have left them for dead. 
the way the Vikings used to do when they would give birth to like you know a malformed child or that sort of thing. Like, we we like you guys have this whole different view going on, and uh, Krakoa and Araco actually are not wanting to join. Like that, like the initial uh, before before Exodus even happened. When uh, House of X and Powers of X ended, it was kind of like the destiny that they were going to join together. Now they're just like, nah, we're we've been we've got some problems. We're not going to join together. And Doug's trying to translate, and uh, of course Xavier and Magneto go across across the way and like, hey, yeah, like immediately see some slaughtering happen, and they're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. and like, hey, yeah, you guys are those weak assholes at that uh, island over there. Uh, yeah, you guys are pussies. And uh, we don't know why you're even in the least bit contemplating, even thinking about existing with humans. But now we're here, and uh, I guess we got to figure it out, and it's not going to be pretty. And uh, they, Magneto's pissed off, Xavier's got his fucking giant uh, dome of a fucking helmet on, <laughs> and like, well, maybe we, like, maybe we could, nah, nah, fuck you, dude. We, we don't give a shit about your fucking pussy bullshit. Like, you guys go do that shit, and you're going to have to deal with us in a little bit. And um, at the same time, though, uh, Gene and Scott are like, yeah, we want nothing to do with the Quiet Council, though we, we need you. You have to be it. No, no, we're not going to do that. Well, we need you. You have to be it. No, 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 not going to do it. Well, well we kind of need you. No, no, we're not going to fucking do it. In fact, uh, what we're going to do is we're going to reform the X-Men, because the X-Men actually hasn't been around in years now, probably. It's been like almost two years now in terms of in in terms of a solid team like we're yeah the last run they just killed everybody yeah and then yeah like and then all of a sudden exoswords and house of house of x yeah exactly and but the thing is though is that you know we need champions we need people to deal with the problems that are happening here and, um, well, what are you going to do? Who are you going to pick? It's like, actually, I'm, we're not going to pick it. We're going to have everyone vote for it. And now it's vote for your X-Men. <laughs> what? Yeah. That's weird. But it's it's a lot of fun. I like the way they're building the story, especially if they continue the momentum. Like, because this happened right after House of X and House of Powers. Or, uh, um, you know, and, um, yeah, they lost a little momentum, but then they planted the seeds for something to grow, and then I, I as long as Hickman's taken over, and Chris Claremont's probably calling him at four in the morning, like, I got a great idea, dude, quit calling me, quit calling me, no, no, we're not, we're not redoing Dark Phoenix. Um, I'm digging it, but there's a lot of other, uh, there's a lot of other things, that, a lot of loose ends, like, what's happened to Sabretooth? He's the only one that they've actually banished. Um... We also have to deal with the Mega Red. We have to deal with what's happening with uh, Wolverine reconnecting with Maverick. Um, not not too worried about it. It's, it's a fun throwaway episode. The art, the, the or issue, the artwork is great. Uh, the fact that Gene and Scott are on the same page and Wolvie's not like you know trying to sneak his uh, tongue in the places it shouldn't be, and it's it's. If Hickman continues what he's doing, I, I, I want to see at least maybe like the another like a, finish the decade on this. So like do an epic run on this. Like do what you're doing. We we can tell that you care about all the X Men, and I I'm, I'm loving it, man. And I, I still dig the fact that that Jean's still wearing the Marvel gold, like uh, costume. You know the green uh, short skirt, one piece, and the mm. and good costume. Scott's got a revamped version of the uh, X Factor 
costume than he had, and you know from original X Factor. Oh, nice. I'm digging it. And it ends up with the election of the X Men. You know, okay, that might be fun. Um, we'll see what happens, especially you know deciding and you know the when you're choosing your D and D character, or <laughs> if you've got enough friends that are into D and D, who's going to be in your fucking troop, man? So. That's what I got on that one, man. That's the, that's the last one I have for... Because, like, everything else, man, was... I was all excited for Tank Girl. It sucked. Um, it, like, Did it have Naomi Watts in it? No, it was just... No wonder it sucked. It was just one of those fucking things where, like, okay, Tank Girl's here again. Okay, we don't care. Like, like nothing you're doing makes this relevant. Like, it's another throwback. I'm not interested. Like, nothing is relevant in this or... Makes me feel like I'm my money is well spent, as well as my mental time and what I've set aside to to read and you know disconnect and and recharge. That's kind of weird. Sorry. <laughs> now you're all good, man. Totally works. Totally works. Totally works. It's like trying to take your gloves off after you sweat them. <laughs> That's a good point. Good, good analogy. That's what I meant. AJ Styles, the phenomenal one. He's the phenomenal one. Now he's just the. He's pretty phenomenal. He now he's just the phenomenal guy from Georgia that's running out his contract. Yeah. Gosh, really? I don't know, man. I heard him and Elias had a good match this week. I haven't watched it, but that's what I heard. But do you really care? I don't, I, dude. I don't watch the main roster. It's just not my, not my cup of tea. Me either. I did, I did sit down and watch SmackDown with my kid the other day because he really loves Roman Reigns. I just watched it for him. It was, wasn't a bad show. I wish that some kids. Dude, was, yeah, I the, the last uh, time I watched Roman Reigns, I was like, yeah, you know, I'm really happy to be watching Roman. I'm happy to watch the character. I know he's not a good wrestler, but he's a good character. I'm interested in that. Yeah. In narrative. But, I mean, like, the, uh, the whole purpose really of wrestling, wrestling is there's something for everybody. Yeah, I want to watch good wrestling. It's going to be Ricochet. Like, that guy can do some shit. Mm-hmm. But they don't uh, let him. No, they don't. They don't let him. Aleister Black, good wrestling. Dude, I remember freaking a couple of years ago, we went to WrestleMania freaking in uh, Dallas. WrestleMania in Dallas, dude. We went to that Ooh. Evolve show and freaking I. Whole reason I wanted to go was to get me a Tommy N T-shirt, but I only had my credit card and he only took cash. What? Yeah, I should. My wife had cash on her. I didn't for some reason. I just didn't dawn me to freaking ask her. And freaking ah. Who Tommy Yin? Tommy End. That was Alistair Black before he was Alistair Black. That's correct. Mm. He was Tommy End on the Indies. Oh, I see it. He came yeah. from WXW where uh, Sven uh, was training under Walter in their uh, Walter Waite NXT uh, uh, Ring Kampf. Ring Kampf. Yep. Yeah. Solid Carrot Gold, man. One of my favorite shows of the year. Ended up. What do you guys yeah. got left? No, I'm done, man. I got it all, dude. I put everything out there that I had, except you suckers need to finish reading yourselves some Scarlet. 
Scarlet. Not that say. much. It's limited. It's super duper limited. I we did mention that we would talk about Guardians of the Galaxy well, number one. Let us let us read that together. I actually have that. Like in you in, got like, the Guardians yeah, or you I, got the Scarlet? No, I I I've I'll, I'll get the original run of Scarlet and mm-hmm. most of the new stuff, but I haven't read it. And um, but Guardians, um, I, I know I have that number one somewhere in a box, but um, yeah, I'm gonna read that one with all y'all, especially because we got to talk. Like, I mean, it'd be really cool to just like get together and talk about. Because uh, you, yeah. you're the Guardian scholar uh, about how it relates to everyone at the end of the. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy 2. Mm-hmm, that's true. I gotta say, I totally, completely appreciate Stallone as Starhawk, even though that is not the characterization of Starhawk that I would prefer to see. But, like, rarely in the MCU do we really get what we want with those characters. It's kind of funny. I mean, like, dude, if I had it my way... I'd do Guardians 3 with, like, this sick, ultra-future Guardians, and they'd be like, oh, yeah, no, we're the Guardians because you guys were the Guardians, but you fell apart and failed. And then the whole rest of the movie, you'd be, like, looking after your original Guardians going, or your your contemporary Guardians going, oh, my God, what happened? When do we fail? What the hell? Whatever, blah, blah, blah. But, like then it would evolve through this entire time stream thing that would take place across the entire millennia to 3,020 or whatever. Dude, what a sick movie that would be. I think that's it. Like, guys, hey, hire me to fucking write a Guardians movie. Uh, that could be interesting. Martinex and Starhawk and Lita and, like, Major Charlie Victory. 27. And uh, Charlie 27 and Nikki and then get into, like, oh, God, you know, like Silver Surfer of the fucking 30th millennia or whatever. I don't remember. Keeper. He was called Keeper. Like, I have, I bought all of those Guardians of the Galaxy 90s books cheap as free right before they put out the, oh yeah, we're doing a Guardians of the Galaxy movie. The speculation market on comics went out of control. Out of control. I bought the first appearance of the original Guardians of the Galaxy for $9 in really high quality, like right before that happened. And now that book went through the freaking roof. But the 90s Guardians doesn't go for that much still. And uh, I don't know if it's just because people haven't seen it happen in a movie, but if they said like, oh yeah, we're going to do something serious with you know, Stallone and Miley Cyrus and what, I don't know what it was, like Michelle Yeoh and whoever the hell else was showing up as a, as a cameo in that, then that would be a nuts movie, especially with Chris Pratt and Batista and Clem, uh, Pom, uh, what, uh, Palm Clementif. Yep. Sure. Oh, God, Tandy, it's not Tandy, no, I'm sorry, Zoe Solanda, uh, Brett, you know, all these guys, Bradley... Dude, could we do a thing where uh, Brad, uh, what the fuck is the guy's name that plays Rocket Raccoon? Bradley, Bradley, Cooper. Bradley, Bradley Cooper, Cooper. Yeah. If Bradley Cooper could not only star in the movie as himself or, a, you know, like a character that is playing a pseudo human and simultaneously voice Rocket Raccoon, 
I think that would go a long way, let alone Vin Diesel, for crying out loud. Can we get another adult Groot? I mean, the opportunities are endless for so much fun there. And, uh, you know, nobody's going to come out of nowhere and say, like, hey, dude, you need to write this. But I think there's a great way to blend all of that. That's a crazy thing. You guys are reading an iteration of Guardians that is nothing like what it was originally. And then what's crazy is that even this 1990 Guardians number one is, say, it, it, it absolutely establishes that the Guardians you're reading about are an alternate version of the original Guardians that came out in, like, I don't know, 1978 or whatever it was, uh, which I've got. It's just, they're all fascinating, all interesting. And then Vance Astrovic, the character, Major Victory, he is an alternate version of uh, Guardian from New Warriors. So if you've ever read New Warriors and you're like, oh, Vance Astrovic, well, you, you've got to know oh. that this character split into two universes because there is a time differential there. Or it's like a split in realities. So, Tony, you got excited? Do you know you know what I'm talking about? I, I remember that, yeah. I, I, forget, yeah. I, haven't, I haven't read New Warriors in forever, but I do remember that. Yeah. And they, they go in and they give him like this killer uh, romance, and it was just like a big, big deal, and then they kind of blow it off, and blah, blah, blah. And then there's a great story with the original Guardians where, where Major Victory goes back to his younger self in like New Jersey or New York or whatever. And he's like, Hey, look, I mean, if you don't do this then you won't go to the future and have this whole horrendous thing and I won't ever exist, then I'll be fine. I don't want this to be the case. It's miserable for me and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, wow, that is oddly sickly self-serving because these guys need you. You have saved their lives. And then it doesn't change anything. His life continues as major victory. And simultaneously, young Vance Astrovic goes on and becomes... Dude, dude, dude. I'm full. I'm sorry. I, it's fucking late. <laughs> like, I could go but, on for 20 minutes ago, I mentioned Guardians of the Galaxy. I gotta go to bed. <laughs> Joshua Michael is tired, everybody. He's Tired. He's tapping out. He's tapping out. I'm tapping, tapping out. out. I told you I was tapping, tapping out. out 20 minutes ago. And yet right, here you, you are. You lost your title. You lost it. Dude, I'm fighting up. Dude, the new let, champion. The let new champion of my bed. Like Colin. Colin is a new champion. Yeah, yeah. It's, <laughs> that's fine with me. He has regained let, the title. Let me go to bed. Wow! This has never happened before in the history of minefields. I have the minefields championship. I'm gonna swing it around like Seth yes. Rollins yes. right after WrestleMania. Now, yeah. now, now kindly, kindly go to the back and let the show goddamn end because I gotta go to fucking bed. I gotta get up at seven in the morning. Are you fucking talking? I gotta be at the gym at seven a.m. and the doctor's by nine. What are you talking about? There's like we got a half an hour left of the show, man. Three hours of the show. We dude, got like dude, now, after dark. We haven't we now, even talked about we haven't even talked about, talk about Ninja Turtles yet. Right, now, now you're just pissing me off, man. I really <laughs> want to go to bed. Nobody has ever pissed you off. All right, good night. You're the happiest guy. Minefields. <laughs> this is dangerous because I'm pissed off and tired, and this transmission's over. This over. transmission's over. It's over. <laughs>